Hey everybody, this is Eric Stahl. And I'm Daryl Scott. And this is the automotive podcast that brings you a special gift around this time each year. We're ready for Christmas with our self-indulgent show. Mm-hmm. I've got the cheesecake, I've got the Yule log. No, I'm just kidding. I wish we actually had a cheese ball here. You a fan of those? No? Uh, yeah, it's cheese, it's Midwestern, yeah, you know I'm ready. Uh, for anything like that. All right, on this episode of Throwing Wrenches Podcast, we are self-indulgent. And, you know, normally we're doing talking about movies, we're talking about music. But this year we're going to talk about Toyota trucks. And to do that, I brought along a special guest. Are you ready for this? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's introduce him. I brought along Mr. Mike Ford. Welcome, Mike. Thank you. Okay, so you say, hey, Eric, what's self-indulgent about that? Well, first off, Mike has been – he's been a sponsor of the show with Forts Toyota since – oh, man. I mean, Since like, day one. Yeah, pretty much day one. And uh, we've kept him in the shadows. While other, other people have been on the show, I've, I've, I've hidden Mike away. And uh, so now it's self-indulgent for me to roll him out. He's not in a wheelchair, but uh, <laughs> he didn't yeah. actually roll in here. Did he? <laughs> not yet, but uh, he's, I, he's ambulatory. I, yeah, I, I roll. I roll him out for the Christmas show, our third Christmas show, fourth. Is it our fourth? I think it is our fourth. Holy smokes, man! Yeah. Getting old. Yeah. So, uh, what we're going to do tonight, though, is I want. I didn't want to talk. I didn't want Mike. Be patient with me, but I didn't want to go like George Barris on you. I didn't want to go like, oh, tell me about the candy kitchen and Pekin or anything like that. But I did want to talk a little bit about you know your love of Toyota vehicles and trucks, and I want to talk about Jeeps because nobody really realizes how much you know your family history and and your relationship with the Jeep brand. And then I want to talk a little bit about a vacation you took years ago. So you game for this today? Yeah. yeah. All right. Right, Such so a good sport. He is a good sport. Thank appreciate, you. Appreciate your time here and yeah. your support of the show. If I'm fired next week, you know what happened. Huh? <laughs> you had a good run, kid. Right, right. Hey, thanks for listening. And uh, also, if you want to comment on a show, and we got a review, I probably should pull that up, but maybe we'll save that for the next real episode. Uh, make sure to send us an email, info at thrownwrenches.com. I heard Spotify now will let you do a star rating on the show on, for podcasts. You see that? No. Oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. Pretty fancy. And, uh, of course, iTunes reviews always get read on the air. But, like I said, this one we're going to hold off till next week. They made fun of the way I say – what did I say? <laughs> Some, someone called out uh, – I think you said supposedly. Supposedly. On the, as opposed to There's supposedly. Not a supposedly. What's that? Supposedly. I mean it's one of those commonly – Supposedly. Supposedly. Yeah. Um, it, was it's, a, it was a terrible review. I, I want to have it – Struck down from iTunes. Supposedly, this yeah. is baked brie. Yeah. Uh, no, I, honestly, that's one of those words that's easy to is describe. That one of those things, is that an exercise I did in NPR? No, no. no uh, the what, the like rain those, in Spain is mainly in the plains? Uh, unique New York. There's vocal exercises that you yeah. do? No, yeah. those are terrible. All right. I hate it. Um, no, but there's also – like. There's other phrases that people get caught up with that, though. Right. Like, well, thank you for making me feel better about myself. I appreciate it's that. It's fine. Right. You know, we'll work it out. Also, I need to get some stuff in the mail. You know who you are. You have some swag coming your way, and I uh, truly appreciate your review as well. All right. Excellent. Uh, we are skipping the About Your Host section because Daryl did terrible pre-show prep. I did. 
Awful. I didn't, I didn't fill anything in. Yeah. <laughs> and we're not going to talk about our sponsors. Of course, one of them sitting here, and of course, everybody knows who Gabe Casey is, so we're not even going to charge the sponsors for this episode. Shout out to 309 Arena. Yeah, anyway. Uh, all right. So, let me give you a history lesson, folks. If anybody doesn't know the story, I think everybody knows, like, I was actually in that review, which I'm going to go back to probably four or five times, because it's a well of hate, uh, I mean, uh, of knowledge, where he, he talked about I'm a shill for Toyota. And, okay, I started at uh, Forts in 1996, and so, Mike, this is going to sound a little... I'm going to sound like I'm buttering you up here, but I'm not, I'm not trying to. This was all in the doc, which you could have read pre-show, but you didn't. Uh, I would have read it if you sent it to me. <laughs> you have a sent date timestamp on that? Uh-oh. I lost a mic. Did you? Or I lost a headphone. Um... Oh, no, it's... it's uh, Okay, there we go. There Come we back. go. Right. Just a little short. Little and... No, I did send it, but uh, he didn't see it. But anyway, so I'm going to talk a little bit about... <laughs> Don't make my. This came laugh. up earlier tonight, also, folks. For the folks at home, that was also yeah. I think listen, the beer show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's a, it's a Christmas show. I thought about just doing a beer report for the Christmas show. Maybe next year we'll do a beer report. Oh, uh, we could. We yeah, could. There you go. Um, but is the self indulgent aspect of this? Uh, I want to talk about. I came to Forts in 1996, and my my dad had sold Toyotas, and my uncle had worked for Strickland, which was a, a dealership in in Bloomington. Years, oh God, when I was a kid in like the 80s, I'd go to Strickland Chevrolet and I, they would let me borrow a car. I'd just like take off in a car when I was 16 or 17 and drive off. Sounds dangerous. Oh my God. When I think about it, it's like insane. They're like, oh, here's a Cavalier convertible and whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I'd drive around town, you know, and feel like king of the world in this little black convertible with my buddies. And I'm like, that's so cool. Your uncle let you drive around, you know. Didn't let me drive a vet, thank God for that, because we drove like idiots in that Cavalier. (laughs) But one thing I remembered from Strickland was everybody was in white suits, or or white white shirts with with ties, and they were in suits. Real formal looking. Yeah, real formal. And I think like the Uftring stores now, they still make everybody wear a suit, you know, and... When I was a, a, you know, a kid in the 90s, I thought having that black overcoat over my suit, like, man, that's, that's the bomb. That just shows you know, you've gone someday. Yeah. Someday I'm going to be just like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but when I first met Mike Fort, he doesn't – I don't know. Do you even own an overcoat? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Not even one. What is that? Yeah, one of those formal, like, yeah. gray, like, uh, wool things you wear over a suit coat, you know, in the wintertime like the salesmen do. Nope. Never might, had one. No, because I think there's a picture of your dad uh, with, with Fort and Shock. That, where they're standing in front of the store, and yeah. they got their hats on, they're wearing those overcoats. Uh, fedoras, weren't they? Yeah, fedoras. Classy. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, that to me was like, if you're a car salesman, I mean, I think about like all those those mafia movies when oh, you're yeah. kids. Yeah. The, the overcoat and the fedora, that's the look. But when I met Mike, I mean, I'm looking at you right now. You're wearing an Ariat shirt. I know that because my wife has horses, you know. You don't have horse. Well, you, you have a no, relationship was, with horses. Yeah, not anymore. We're out of horses, yeah. out of horse trailers. I yeah. think we got some saddles. Yeah, need one. But that was never really your thing. I mean, but Mike would come in in blue jeans, you know, tennis shoes, and uh, you know, and just a button-down shirt. And I was just like, "That's the owner," you know, because I think at the time when I started, uh, it was still the, the previous partnership. That guy would come in every once in a while. And he was greasy with the overcoat. You know, he yeah. was Chicago. I was just, I never could understand it. Real slick. Yeah. 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 So more laid back, approachable. Approachable. That's what it's that's what's nice. Yeah. So it was always a, a unique thing. But but the other thing about it was 
you know, work with talking about Strickland and Corvettes and stuff like that. Mike was never. I'm, I'm talking about you like a eulogy here. Uh, <laughs> this is your life. Mike uh, was never, never like rolling in in like the hottest car. It's not like you had like a Supra or you know, oh, I got like the hottest car. You know, you, that's not your style. So it, it it all leads up to the point now. You know, how many years ago that was? I don't keep track anymore. Twenty five ish. Uh, something like that. Uh, you're still the same guy. You're still wearing you know blue jeans and you're still driving Toyota trucks and so. As far as this, uh, you know, the, this show that's about us and having fun, I just want to talk about the fact that you know, you are just basically a down-to-earth truck guy and a Toyota guy, Jeep guy, and I think there's some great stories. And I want to find out what the logic is on that because you had every opportunity just to roll around in a big LS 400 whenever you wanted and stuff like that, but that's not your style. So anyway, welcome to the show, Mike. Oh, thank you. <laughs> It's longest I like, I like trucks better. Is it? No, no. I think that's cool. So, um, let's go back a little bit. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hop around. So just yeah. just bear with me. If there's something you want to talk well, about, just, just you stop know me. why I like trucks. Yeah, I don't want to hear it. Because when I got in the car business, we were uh, uh, just strictly Chrysler Plymouth, mm-hmm. and uh, this is Central Illinois, and we didn't have any trucks at all. And it just killed me not to have trucks. So it, that's a big reason why. Got Toyota so we could have trucks. Really? Yep. Because you couldn't get the Chevy franchise, and you're not gonna get a Ford store or anything no. like that. So, so it's a, it was a uh, ad point they called to the market. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a Toyota dealer. There was only one Toyota dealership in Central Illinois, so mm-hmm. we got the franchise for Pekin. And but what, what year was that, by the way? Thirty years ago, I think. Okay, it's been thirty years. Yeah, I know because we were still doing free oil changes for a couple nineteen ninety ones. Yeah, somebody rolls in at a ninety one Tercel. Yeah, we'll go ahead. And no, that. it was a Previa and a Camry. No, the Tercel's a car that you know back then. I think that when the Arab oil embargo was, we were selling big old Chryslers, and and I looked at the Tercel, and they're getting the hottest car in the market. And I said, well, I wish I was a Toyota dealer. So seriously. Yeah, that's kind of what. Uh, what else do they have? Like the Starlet and some of the other yeah. little tiny things. So, so at that point, you're talking about like the 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 market. What was the average in the early days of your your Toyota franchise? What was the average Toyota consumer like demographically? Because you talk about Central Illinois, and for folks who are from here, we have a picture of what. Central Illinois is, but anyone anyone outside the Midwest, like oh, it's just some you know big corn fed. Everybody's a farmer. Everybody's got ten kids. They all go to church. Whatever. Demographically, it's still pretty diverse, but there's some truth to that. What was the average Toyota consumer like walking into the dealership when you first started? Well, all Toyota consumers are very loyal to Toyota, but back then there were weren't as many Toyota consumers in the Midwest. Sure. So Toyota had what they called the Midwest Initiative because they own like the East and West Coast, but they didn't own the so they decided to start putting more dealers in the Midwest, and that's how we got the franchise. And uh, that was has since changed. There's, you know, everybody knows Toyota now, but back then it was. But it was just little trucks. So I mean, it was really yeah. that that big of a, a draw to get those little trucks on the lot. No, it was it was any kind of trucks. I just I wanted any kind of truck. Okay. I mean, I was selling Velaris. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's, that's <laughs> one, actually. Eric probably, or uh, Daryl knows about Valori's well, probably, too. Eric is well-versed in That was Valaris. my first car was a Valori, 78. 
Four door cinnamon brown. It was Slant a, six. Have you ever mentioned that in a podcast? Yeah, or I did. Oh, yeah. I did actually years <laughs> Fairberry. ago. Fairberry. Yeah, yeah. I, that was a land speed <laughs> record car from Route sixty six, I believe. There's one in Missouri. I almost sent you a link to it, oh, but God. I'm like, you would no. never buy this. No, no. And well, first off, I think when I met Angela, I was driving that Valar in college. No kidding. And she probably wants nothing to do with that. Yeah. yeah. I think I told the story about the stain on the. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. Well, there was also a fence. <laughs> I think you drove through a fence. Yeah. That was anyway. a winter. Right. I think you know you appreciate. I remember. Chrysler was not the engineering was terrible, and I just r- read up about Toyotas and the and the way they do things and their their engineering and their quality is just unbelievable. So, um, was it a hard sell in some instances? Because as a kid of the eighties, there seemed to be a lot of um, buy American. Right. right, there was a little bit of the backlash. I don't know if it was. Because of you know certain economic factors, I was too young to care about any of that. But I remember there was always that weird, divi- you know, division, and that seemed to kind of go away fairly quickly. Was there that kind of division back in the uh, you know the early nineties when you started? Oh yeah, it's really strong because of you know Central Illinois and its very strong union UAW. Uh, but what I think really propelled Toyotas was when. Uh, that the kids would actually get one, and then when they the parents would find out how good a quality car they were, then all of a sudden the parents would come in and kind of sheepishly go, you know, we'll, we'll look at those Toyotas. Yeah. You know, my kids got one, and mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was really remarkable to see that change because they uh, they learned from their kids. You know, the kid finally got one, and then they saw, yeah, that's a good car. So absolutely, I remember the girlfriend in high school. Her mom brought home a Camry. She always had Mercury Sables. Or Mercury, Ford, yeah, Ford and Mercury's. Mm-hmm. And then one day in, uh, I think it was 94, she got a Camry. And I remember exactly the day she brought it home. It was like a emerald green, had that tan interior, and it was a it was the LE or whatever. It was real nice, mm-hmm. nicely optioned. And I remember night and day riding around in this thing, and I'm like, it's like a bank vault. It's quiet. It's nice. And it was cheaper than a Sable. Like why? why? It was almost like the American consumer mm-hmm. in the Midwest discovered – how much better certain certain vehicles were that Toyota offered, but it was like thirty or forty years after, uh, like the West Coast people. You know, if you talk to people out in California, well, they had a their first car was a Corolla, like right. a sixty yeah. or a, a Crown or something like that. Um, did it just take that long for things to kind of migrate here to the Midwest because of oh yeah, slow I adopters? Really believe or? it was like the the kids really brought it along. You know that, and they taught their parents what good cars were. Yeah. Interesting. So, Angela, we uh, her first Toyota was a '93 Celica, and I remember she had it a year or two, and she ran into some family member, and they're like, "Where was that thing built?" And Angela goes, "It was made in America." And I'm like, "I'm like waving behind her, like, no, it's not. It's made in Japan, you know." But <laughs> she was she was just sure that she could say it was made in America. I'm like, ah, yeah, that's not the case. I so, tell you a story about my dad. Yeah, my dad was an old World War II guy, and he's a car dealer, and. Uh, car dealer buddies you know i became a toyota dealer and and I, my dad retired and i'd give him a car to drive i'd give him a toyota and his buddies would say ralph i can't believe you're driving one of them toyota cars <laughs> and uh my dad would say well you know the japanese were never shooting at me but you'll never see me driving a mercedes <laughs> <laughs> but he was a car guy he just he knew good cars and sure sure so um so the trucks. Yeah, this, so 
I mean, we the I remember you know back in the day you had uh, hell they do the, like the mirrored bottoms they'd lift them up and put big tires and stuff like that on them, but that was never your style. So when when uh, I'd first see you, you'd be driving like this the Jeeps, the Wranglers. We talked a little bit about this in the pre-show, so I don't want to rehash all of this. If you're not a pre-show member, you know you probably should be. Anyway. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> I'll just say that. Yeah, but uh, but uh, no, you always kept them pretty stock, but you. You'd always, you know, be very reasonable with with uh, maybe changing something, maybe the suspension, the Mickey Thompson, or something like that. But it was never like over the top. Has that always been your style? You think your whole life, or it's always got to be genuine Toyota parts, except for what we used to put the uh, maybe non Toyota suspension parts on them. We do some ARB, yeah, uh, and then I mean, if it was Icon, was kind of the hot topic there for a while, but. But with the, I mean, th- this started before that, back in the '90s, when you were driving the Jeeps, you just do a little, little. No, well, my Jeeps were pr- pretty well stock, I think. My Jeep Wranglers. That Mickey, the Mickey Thompson oh, yeah, rims yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that, that. Yeah, that was a little. I forgot about that. Was that was that a little showy? Yeah, I was showing off. <laughs> <laughs> you have to. It's I something. didn't know Mickey Thompson from Rancho or any of that back then. I okay, mean, I didn't know if there was like something you saw that you're like, oh, I need to to mimic that. No, I was. I wish I'd have been that smart. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, two of the two of the vehicles. I mean, like I said, going back when you could have been driving Toyotas, you were really driving those Jeeps around. But it was, I think, later on when the the Tacoma came out, that's when you really started driving the Toyotas, right? The trucks, yeah. you think? Yeah. Well, on the FJ Cruiser when that came out, that's when we. Uh, of course, I, yeah, it was. That's the real the Jeep-like Toyota. That's yeah. what we used to. He's so you had the X Runner. Or oh, the S runner. Yep, yep. Had no, I still have that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> he just he's he's like he's like us. He he acquires vehicles. Yeah. He's, well, you know, when I make fun of my nine vehicles, they're all worth two hundred bucks each. His or <laughs> you know his. Actually, the funny thing is, like, okay, so you have an S runner, and I think it's a two thousand one. Correct. And and uh, S runner was a two wheel drive V six with a six speed manual. The S runner was a five speed. The was the next, which the was later edition. X-Rat. The X runner was afterwards. Right, okay, right. So that, that was, was a six speed. Mine's a five speed. Okay, are they so, super limited production though? I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a special color, and I and you had the black, but I, could you get white and red in those? I think you could get red. I don't think you could get white. Okay, and uh, they had the three point four liter V six in them, manual nice transmission. Truck. And so the car was quick anyway. Actually, the car was actually stupid because of the truck. It's, it's super lightweight in the back end. You could break pavement whenever you want. So Mike puts a snug top on that uh, the black one he's got, and then he puts the supercharger on it because Toyota had the supercharger program. That was fast. And it's all Toyota parts, right? So oh, it's yeah. still yeah, covered oh, under warranty the, and all the that. The snug top topper top. was actually a yeah. – a Toyota option that I ordered on a brand new truck, and when it came in, we switched it off the new truck. Yeah. Beautiful from the factory, a yeah. snug top topper. Very nice. So, so then we had this customer came in, and he was a CAD engineer from uh, Mossville, and uh, he he was a total tech nerd. He had what he called the seventh injector, which none of us knew what the heck the seventh injector was. He came in the service department. His name was Roger. He still comes in with a Tundra. Uh, and we're all looking at it, like, what's the seventh injector? He's like, oh, you don't know what the seventh injector is? I'm like, no, I have no idea. And once he told us, we looked it up. It was a Toyota part that we'd overlooked when we did the supercharger. And so we put the seventh injector on, on Mike's truck. Just like a supplemental. Well, he came in wanting us to install it. Yeah, that's right. He bought it. He had the part number, and I didn't believe it was a Toyota part. So we went in and uh, 
and he's and we found out it was a, and it's like one of those hidden parts that they didn't. This is like two thousand three. Yeah. This know, is like, way this is way back when you know you you weren't googling everything. Yeah, so we had sure. no idea. So sure. uh, so we installed it for him. I said, well, I got to have one of them. Yeah, and so that truck is blazing fast. It's, it's wicked. Yeah. So Mike Mike rolls in all the time. You know, with that truck back in the day. And anytime you got a chance to like even test drive that thing, if he dropped off an oil change, so like I'm gonna take it out for a quick drive. Oh my god, just it's, let it rip. Yes, yeah. You yeah. guys weren't supposed to be driving that truck. <laughs> <laughs> you probably let a lot of tenants drive it. No, seat. no, no. Believe me, take that over. You know, they come Go back to the two hours bank. later. Yeah. I don't. I mean, the thing about that truck is, I think you'd get in it and you'd drive it, and you wouldn't really realize until you got on it. Yeah, because supercharger takes a second. But then that seventh ejector just oh my god it just throws you back in the back of your seat nice so it's it's like a a, a throttle port injector on top of everything just gives it a little extra whiff when yeah. it needs it it was like an it was like a twenty percent boost so you know what I found out from Ted Moncure the, the TRD guy what the real purpose of all that was what's that cooling oh it kind of has like a almost the like more, a methanol the injection the more fuel they shoot in there the cooler it would run. Oh. <laughs> No, I said, would you sense. do that for extra horsepower? He goes, no, we did that for cooling. It, it cools the intake charge. Yeah. yeah. You know. It'll make it a little denser, a little nicer, a little and happier. I, I think it added, oh, what did we figure it added? Like, it was 70 or 50 or 70 horsepower, yeah, something like that. Yeah, just that one option. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even in the parts book. You had to know that number. And we actually called the depot up and go, What's, is this number real? They go, yeah. So how did this engineer guy get it? I don't know. Like I, and, this uh, is and before Ra- the days Raj, of the dark and, web. And Raj comes in. I could probably <laughs> ask him, you know, but I, I <laughs> find out. You would almost have to have like that software, like the parts software or something on your computer. Yeah, he probably. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, yeah, I mean, again, the the biggest, the fun thing is nowadays. I mean, we talk about salespeople and product specialists. They should know everything inside and out. But a lot of times, you'll have a customer come in who's a total fanboy of the product. And it was the same thing back when Roger came in with that seventh injector. He said, can you put this on? I'm looking at him like, you're batshit crazy. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know who you are. <laughs> I don't know what this thing is. You say it's from Toyota. I don't even believe you. But the more you dug in and talked to the guy, you realize he loved doing that stuff. And he was totally involved with it. But he was scared of, of putting that part on the truck himself. So It's understandable. Yeah. That's cool stuff. So, so besides having fun, cool toys, the whole point of having a Toyota truck, even today, as it was in the 70s and 80s is because they're just dead nuts reliable. They're just tough little trucks, right? And back when you wanted to, you know, start that franchise, you came from that background of Chrysler Plymouth. Well, you had full-size trucks. Mm-hmm. You go to Toyota, which is kind of small. Toyota didn't have what was the original truck offering? Just their SR5 or what what do they call the truck? They called it the pickup truck. It was just they simple, right? Before the Tacoma, they just—it was a, called a pickup, I think. As the model, it, it was, yeah, and they had van yeah. <laughs> from the makers of van pickup truck. <laughs> I love it. See, things are simpler. That was yeah. a Ford Tundra, even. That was the only thing we had. Yeah. So, so it took. When did Toyota come out with a Tundra? Was it ninety nine, two thousand, two thousand one? Okay, because yeah, I, I had a two thousand one. Yeah. So it was one of those things where Toyota evolved, adapts to the market. The Tundra comes out when that. When that came out, when that hit the the showroom floor, was that an easy sell, or did people say like, oh, I don't know, it's a big, it's a big Toyota, it doesn't like this is different. Like, how did that roll? Well, the first ones were too small, and so there wasn't. I mean, it was just like a giant Tacoma. I mean, yeah, it was. Uh, so the T one hundred was the, the predecessor to yeah. the Tundra, 
And there were, and there's still some people who are fanboys of T100s. They're great trucks. Was so, that like a Dodge Dakota size? Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, kind of a, it was. A, a bridge the gap between but, small and. But they large. never made the the third door or the or the the you know the rear door on them. So they were they were terrible <laughs> for the back occupants to get in and out of. Okay. They were never really made for for really for cab and a half or anything like that. Did they make a quad cab version or no? No. no. Okay. And no. so no. you know, and they were uh, built in Japan. So that was all about what, what's that tax called the 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 chicken, chicken tax. tax. Chicken yeah. tax. So the chicken tax tariffed them all 25%. So T100, I remember selling those in the 90s. They were like, I think a top-of-the-line T100 extra cab, 4x4, was like thirty-three grand or something like that. Which back, which now sounds cheap, by the way. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but now, yeah. I mean, you go back in time, that's a ton of money. Because yeah. you could buy a new Silverado oh, God. or we were, F-150 yes, for I mean, 18, 20 grand. We'd be like 8,000 more. You know, and somebody would be like, I'm buying a new Silverado down the road. I'm like, well, it's not T100, you know. But they're like, yeah, you're right. It's bigger. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a V8. But those probably sold to people who were, I don't say ready to graduate, but somebody who maybe had a, a Toyota truck back in like an 87 yeah, yeah. or something. Like were, a, the, the consumer reports people, the the engineers, I remember there was one guy who he traded in his Ford F-150 with an inline six, had like 300,000 miles on it. I think his name, Doug Skiba. Uh, I, think I, remember, I think I remember this whole transaction. Anyway, wow. um, he yeah he came in and he's like I read everything on this I know that this truck is trade I'm trading right now had three hundred thousand miles on it and this T one hundred will get three hundred thousand miles that was his whole logic on buying that vehicle it probably rusted out before I got that far because here, you know, here in the states yeah, yeah the frames never really held up that long but uh, but I agree with you Mike the Tundras the first gens and I had an O one they were better they were an improvement they had the, the the back door, the suicide door, was like a huge leap for us. It was like, look at this. Sure. But they still weren't the size. And so we they were niche. Yeah. I think most Tundras and Toyota trucks are sold to import people. I mean, uh, a Ford guy isn't going to come in and buy, other than the, the Tacoma. Now, that we own that, the, the compact truck sector. Sure. We own that. But full-size trucks, we've always been just a import person that goes that goes that wants a truck. They want a real truck, not like a Honda Ridgeline, but they want a real truck. So, right. full frame underneath. Full frame. It. Oh yeah, and our new trucks are even full box frames now. Nice, nice. Yeah, so, but they're you, a Toyota person. They don't. Sh- they want a Toyota. They don't shop at Ford. And, and I didn't believe that until I became a Toyota dealer because, you know, I I never saw them. They're not buying a Chrysler product, so they. <laughs> right. So, they're new people. But once you see them, they are so loyal and. You may lose one to a Subaru now or a Honda, but they're just so loyal to the product. Yeah. And Eric, you got the people. I don't. You know better than I do how many people just on their tenth or. I got a personal friend that's on his seventh Tundra or eighth. Oh yeah, I mean, wow. Yeah, I mean, I actually, yeah. There's families. Yeah. I mean, just like my family. When we get together at Christmas, it's like Toyota-thon out there. And I think you know the Subaru people are like that. Sure. But the, the nice thing about Toyota. And, and this is what we always come down to, you know, Honda doesn't have trucks. Subaru doesn't have trucks. Nissan has a truck, but it's never been really as, as, mm. as popular as the Tacoma. Right. Uh, so, you know, Toyota has that. Mar- if you're an import person and you want a truck, generally you're a Toyota person, right? That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so you kind of evolved a little bit with the brand. You you grew with it and the different offerings. Um, what was what was your daily? You, you obviously Tacomas. You kind of got your heart set on mm-hmm. those, but uh, I take it you've had some some Land Cruisers, FJ Cruisers stuff over the years. Personally, uh, oh yeah, I've had a sure, dude. Yeah, dude, yeah you named everything. Every yeah. every one. Of- I actually, I I always drive used used cars. 
literally, I never drove it. Do you ever remember me driving a new car? Um, Maybe not. The, this Land Cruiser. The, oh, the, oh, the Heritage Edition. Yeah, That's the only one. And I'll be honest with you, yeah, in 2021, the first time in all the years I've known him, he actually took a new car and said, I'm keeping this one. Yeah. yeah. And my my wife said I was nuts. My son said I'm nuts. And I said, I don't care. It's the last year for it, and I want one. And I it's a beautiful to, rig, by the way. Yeah. If anybody, if, yeah. even if you're not a Toyota person, you don't know that yeah. much about them. Google uh, Land um, Land Cruiser Heritage Edition. But it wasn't my first one, Daryl. I've got a, a FJ40. I've got three of those. I've got a uh, what years? I've got an '81 and '82 and '83, which are really interesting because those were the the final three years, and those are all American market. FJ, they're not. They're not you see some A now in the marketplace Latin came America. from uh, South America, but the American ones were spec for the United States market. They had the missions. They all had disc brakes, and those were the. Nice. By then, the numbers were really tapering down. So that '83, I think there were 170 of them or something brought it, in. It was pretty thin. Yeah, no count. kidding. Yeah, wow. Are they uh, are they fuel injected or no? No, no. They're a carbureted inline. Six cylinder, mm-hmm. I think. Gotcha. Why do you see so many? You mentioned that not to get off on a tangent, but you mentioned that a lot of them imported from South America. You see that a lot with uh, Land Rovers as mm-hmm. well, the little Defenders or whatever they call them. Why is that? Is, were they just more popular there, or is it? Well, a- I think they kept sending them there till after we were we got them after '83. That was our last year until they went to the. Yeah, be the FJ60. Yeah, because the, the twenty the twenty five yeah. year rule I mean means you can get cars in the nineties, yeah. so they were still sending those down there. Just like the Beetle was still in Mexico and Brazil to like two thousand two yeah, or something. Land, you know, Land <laughs> yeah. Cruisers were still being made and sent over the you know to the South American countries. That's a good point. And uh, they had a, a better variation too. They they would get like the soft tops, the fiberglass tops, a lot of stuff they wouldn't send to America. I mean, think about when we were kids. The Suzu video where the Suzus and the Suzuki were swerving down oh, the road yeah. on 60 minutes, and they had those big training wheels on the sides. They flipped them. You know, yeah. they they evacuated all those narrow 4x4s. So Toyota never had those vehicles in the 90s here in the United States. That's unfortunate. That was their number one volume vehicle back then. They they couldn't get cars enough cars, so I think people were they were selling Land Cruisers be, not not in the 80s, but back in the 70s. Oh, back in the day. Yeah, I mean, they, they could get Land Cruisers, but they couldn't get enough cars in. So that was a big volume vehicle. But. Interesting. It's a nice little collection. So you still have a few? Yeah, I've got a – I got the last year for the FJ40, the FJ62, which is fuel-injected. That's better than an FJ60. It's the one I took to the um, David Davids Mansion. That's the big white one. Yeah, that, uh, yeah and that's I got the last one. year for the – I never had a two – what's the series? The three the 100 series, I don't have one of them. Oh no, you don't. Or an no, eighty? You don't have no. an eighty? Yeah, I don't have. Yeah, you right. could probably find one. They're I should have made that my car of the day. Like, yeah, you should have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I think you've been eyeballing one. Uh, yeah. The, he he cherry picks. Yeah. You know, so yeah. what will happen is, like, say say somebody came in, they had a heritage, a 40th anniversary edition, nineteen ninety six Land Cruiser that brought came in here. It was in pretty good shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the salesman, and the sales manager get super excited. They're going to trade for this car, and then Mike would be like. He'd look over their shoulder and be like, "Yeah, you're not putting that on the lot." <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and take that. We're done here. Oh, that, but that, see, that's a perk. Well, it is, but it's also a bad vice. My son, uh, <laughs> he'd be going to these Toyota meetings and they'd be saying, "You got too many cars. You got your cars are too old." And that was because they had all my old cars in there. And <laughs> and he said, "All oh, those cars aren't for sale." And they said, "Well, get them out of that inventory." So he finally put them in another inventory. And then he told me how much was in there. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. 
It's so. it's bad when you have to have a spreadsheet to keep track of what you have. Right? <laughs> if somebody asks you how many cars you have, like, well, let me see. Yeah. You got the readers. You pull out. <laughs> you pull out the. Yeah, I can paper. still do it in two hands. You well, can too, right? For now. Yeah. But it's it's. I can't. You know, it's it's like it's not because I'm. I just love the cars. I can't let go of them. I mean, sure. My like my little uh, FJ eighty. What is it? Sixty two. Yeah. I bought that from that Jonathan Ward guy out in California. As in Ward's Automotive. Uh, TL. Uh, no, John with TLC and or uh, uh, Icon. 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 Oh, the like the company that makes the really right. really really cool the, the mods the yeah. uh, the resto mods. So he wow. he he buys this card. He was going to do his thing, which I think is a tragedy, where he pulls a flat <laughs> engine out, puts a, a GM engine in it. Yeah, and everything's he found, a crate LS motor. What? I understand his logic, and I understand sure. why people want that, but I think it's sacrilegious to put a, a GM engine in a Toyota. So he he buys his car, and it's got a cracked block. And he said it was uh, – what. there's a process with a cracked block. They fix a crack. What's it called? No. Uh, um, it's not MIG something. It's just No, like, no. They like – you can like stitch it with something. Yeah, I forget what it's yeah. called. So he puts it on the internet or or Instagram or something, and it's – he says it's well. It's I. We don't want to screw with it. We don't want to fix the motor. We're so good. You know, we we can't have a product like that. So I buy the thing, and it was a good price. It's a California car, not a spot of rust on it. And it's we, super clean. Yeah, super we brought clean. it back, and we well. Uh, and I wouldn't say it's super clean. It's it's definitely been driven. It's got a few spots here and there. Somebody's touched it up and stuff like that. But it's rust free. Patina, Eric, and that's what I was going to say. It's honest. The paint yeah. is honest yeah. on that. Yeah. yeah. But we had our technician. We got an engine. We rebuilt the engine, and we literally we pulled everything off. It took the frame and had it powder coated, and that frame was so the VIN you can see the VIN through the powder coating. It's that clean, and uh, wow. it is beautiful to drive. And it's just it's it's a great ride. It's a California car with absolutely no rust. How many years ago did you buy that? Gosh, probably four or five years ago. No, it's it probably been maybe ten. I don't. No, remember. it hadn't been that long because we were. It was after Trail Team's only been around for six, seven years. Yeah. So, I think it's five years ago, if I had to guess. So, so, but you're not buying these just just to make it clear. Like, you're not acquiring these vehicles for like investment opportunity, right? It's it's one of those things. It's nice to have if you ever have to sell it. But it's one of those where you, you just you you're a fan of the vehicle. You appreciate right. what it is, and it's a it's you, you call it a device. You know, some people would agree, including you know my wife. But it's one of those things where you appreciate vehicles. You appreciate right. the car. And if you have a good specimen like that, you're like, well, shoot, I'd like to have something yeah. like that here. Because if you, what what do you say to folks who are how do you how do you how do you justify that, how do you Mike? justify being in the car business and then not getting rid of some of these cars you've collected over the years? Well, I can't let go of them. I mean, I just I I think I need to sell some, and I look at them and I, which one you're going to sell, Mike? And I go, oh, I don't like that one. I want to sell that one. It's a someday my kids are going to have to deal with it, and they're going right. to. I've heard that. But, by the way, I've heard that in the last year. I've heard I just I'm just going to keep buying stuff, and when I die, my kids no. You know, I've got a good friend who's got probably one of the finest Mopar muscle car collections in the country, and one day oh, he's wow. telling me he's starting to sell them, and I go, "Why are you selling them? I I thought you'd never sell them." He goes, "Well, because the market's changing, all us old guys are dying, the kids don't want these cars." And he says, I'm afraid the market's going to be flooded with them, so I'm going to start selling them off. And the market's totally not done that, but it's just yeah. – but I understand the logic. Guys your age, you like the cars that – well, you like 
Yeah, I'm a weirdo. Don't, don't, like don't even Plymouth. don't even throw Daryl in that. Anyway, yeah, total weirdo. But but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That you you like what you grew up with. I grew up in the the cars in the '70s and and that. So that's what I like. So. Yeah. And I like Toyotas. I've got. Uh, I just love the technology and the and the ones I got are, they're, they're kind of unusual. So. Absolutely. But not to run to Mike's defense, but I mean, isn't it kind of refreshing to to know somebody in the car business who actually enjoys the cars? Exactly. I mean, I, this this has been my biggest rub here lately. You know, we do SCCA, and I'm like, where's Jim Shear? Where's Gary Uftering? Where are these guys? Not to call them out, you know, but but I mean, a Mazda dealer. There's more Mazdas out on the track at the local SCCA events than any other brand. I'll give you that. Yeah, and there's a lot of Corvettes out there, too. So, you know, why aren't those dealerships actually, you know, being involved or saying, hey, look at this, you got a race car, something like that, which is something that that you actively and actually proactively do. I mean, you, you see that, and you're like, you know what, cars and coffee, let's have a car out there. Let's do this stuff. Mm-hmm. Why? Why aren't these other guys doing that? Do the, is they're the car- better car dealers than I am. All they're caring about is <laughs> okay. a bunch of dealerships. And <laughs> there's, that's it's that's a commodity that's... to them, Eric. They do it for the money. Yeah, but I'm where's, not that smart. where's the where's the passion with <laughs> with what you do though? I mean, at I some point, I was a Chrysler guy one time. You know, I got that. Uh, I'm like Daryl. I got a Plymouth. I got a '70 Plymouth that I traded for in 1976. So I mean, I I, I just love the cars. Yeah, but you're not collecting K cars or anything like that. No, <laughs> but you could see the funny thing about I, that. I actually sold K cars new when I first started in a business. Yeah. And I'll never have a K car. <laughs> <laughs> but but the funny thing is, there's there's people. Those are starting. We talk about oh, what, God. Why, why, why people are collecting. Why, why, yeah. People are collecting those. That you, you featured actually, one of those was up north here somewhere, didn't you? you guys found it. And we're thinking about in probably, one of your probably buy, sell or hold or whatever. Yeah, yeah Mike was, actually listens to the show, which yeah. is crazy. It's it's disconcerting so, sometimes. Yeah, I wish. Anyway, I'm I'm not going to change the way I am. So I just enjoy it. So yeah. no, that's good. And I, I like you said, I appreciate the the fact that you're you're a true enthusiast. It's it's not something that you're just in it for, you know. For right. I want to tell reasons. you about. I have a neighbor down in Florida, and this guy he collects cars. And uh, I got a, a a building down there, and he's next door to me, and he's got a bunch of. Quite honestly, he's a. They're all Chrysler products. And I'm a, I'm still a Chrysler guy for the right car, like maybe a nice 300 letter series. I'd love one of them. Very nice. But oh God, very nice. Th- Pre-show. I, I, this guy goes, well, what do you got in that building? And I go, and I said something like, I got collectible Toyotas. And he looked me in the eye and said, there is no such thing. That w- that was a long time ago, though, wasn't well, it? Well, it scarred me. Yeah. I mean, I'll never <laughs> I, I, And I want I, to show, show him that Super in the, in the showroom. I want to say, you show me a, one yeah. of your cars that's worth as much as that car. Yeah. So. Exactly. That was another example, that car, just like the, the MR2 next door. So we sell that car new. We sold it new, right? Mm-hmm. And then a doctor who had it in Peoria trades it back in. Did he trade it or sell it to you guys? And they called us up, and he said, I'm building a house, and I want to sell my car. And so they they buy the car, and then it just like – it's it's like Indiana Jones and the in the the crate, you know, <laughs> Raiders just like, of the Lost Ark. Yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark. It just like disappears. It, that yeah. car disappeared for like ten years, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it like shows its head every once in a while. It's not like Mike's cruising around peeking with this thing. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just like warehouse somewhere. And now, you know, you look back, you're like that was one the sales manager like, oh, we could flip this car or whatever. But now. I mean that car is maybe a two hundred thousand dollar car sitting out there on the showroom floor. Yeah, it's pushing it. it. It's getting getting close. That car, the guy was a doctor, and I went up to pick it up, and uh, it was in a storage unit, 
a, literally the smaller ones, uh-huh. and he had boxes of metal records, medical records all around it. None of them fell onto the car, though. The car was a single-digit <laughs> car. I mean, like 9,000 miles. Yeah. No kidding. Brand uh, new. What year? 94? Uh, that's either 93 or 95. 93 or 4. Yeah. Turbo or non-turbo? Turbo. Oh, oh yeah. Come on. Yeah, okay. If it weren't turbo, okay. we wouldn't need to be talk, talking about it. Twin turbo, hey. six-speed, yeah. red. Yeah. Nice so, ride. But it was just luck. I just we just bought. I said, what do you want for it? And he goes, I want what I paid for it. And I go, well, what was that? And he said, sticker price. And I said, okay, I'll take it. And this uh, is back right when the the Fast and Furious movies were starting, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so and early so, 2000s. Yeah, and you yeah. had a little business flipping a couple of those Supras back Oh, then. I used to go down to the uh, auto auction in Lexington, Lexington, Kentucky, and they were a big lease. Okay, the Cincinnati region of Toyota had the highest lease penetration in the country, 70%. Really? And the, 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 they put a really good lease deal on the Supras, so there are a whole bunch of them turned in back then at the sale, and they were dirt cheap. And a friend of mine and I were standing there, <laughs> the cars are going through the sale, and we looked at each other and said, that seems pretty cheap. Yeah, I, I agree. So I bought one, he bought one, we took them home, and we came back the next sale, and he goes, did you sell yours? I said, yeah, I sold mine. So we started buying them. <laughs> that was your thing. But the thing is, everybody knew about the car before I did because we're selling them all over the country. I mean literally all over the country. And I'm making money. But I did realize I probably could have made more money because I think everybody else in the country knew about the the Fast and Furious thing coming. Yeah. But, you know. And this is like probably early days of online marketing, right? Did you did you do a fair amount of internet nah, sales? Well, or what? I must have because I don't know how everybody in the country would have known I had them. We literally shipped them all over the country. Did was, you? So, yeah, I was the internet manager in like 97 or 98 or 90, whatever that was. And I, I remember I had guys coming from – I had a kid come from Syracuse, New York, flew in. Chinese kid to drive a Supra, and he said he's going to buy. Because you had one used, yeah, on we had one, yeah. had one used on the lot, and so I'm like, oh, whatever. So he flies in, I'm like, all right. So I told my sales manager, I got this guy. I picked him up at the airport with the Supra. We test drove it from the airport back to the dealership. He's like, all right, that looks great. He goes, uh, I got an Evo back home. What are you giving me for the Evo? And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? And <laughs> you got a Subaru? No, it was a Mitsubishi. Oh. Yeah, a little Lancer. Oh, that little Yeah, and I'm, and I'm like, uh, we're not giving you anything. The car's not here. He goes, eh, well, then, okay, if you're not going to do me anything. I dropped him back off at the Peoria Airport. Never heard from that guy ever again. You know, bizarre. But no, people from all over the country. That yeah. was that was my super story. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so that, that was just dumb luck. I can I tell about the story for the '83 uh, FJ40? Oh yeah, I want to hear that again. This is one of my <laughs> one of You've my my of used car managers over at the Morton Auction, and he goes uh, calls up and he goes, "Hey, Mike." And I said, "One of them Toyota Jeeps you like is over at the <laughs> auction," and I said. Well, who's got it? He said it's the name of some used car dealer, and I, and I go, okay. Well, tell him if he'll take it back to his lot, I'll just come over and buy it. I said, like, what's he want for it? And he said something like forty five hundred bucks. I said, okay. So I went and bought it. And I didn't, I didn't know anything about him other than they were cool. And then I find out it's the absolute last year for him. And it, this was years later. I find I've had that car for what thirty years. It's been a while, yeah. Quite a while. So, so I found out it was the absolute one. And I bought it at the Morton Auto Auction, and my 82, which is probably the second hardest to find, one of my salesmen comes and hey, Mike, you know, there's one of them cars you like out there in the in back in Market Heights. And I go, you got to be kidding me. He goes, no, it's back there. He told, 
I swear to God, I went, I drove back there and the guy's got it in his driveway. Like you could walk there. Yeah. yeah. And I bought it. I, I got to do something with that. That The old, the, the, the brown yeah. one? The brown one, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it, we, that's the one we took the Southern Cruiser Crawl. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it runs, drives. It's, it runs, oh, drives. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. It's, 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 and I think it's pretty well all, all there. We ran it's, it. I yeah. mean, I, I trailered it like it was a Jeep down there. Yeah, no. It, we got on the trail. It got a little hot because there's well, a secondary a radiator. There's a secondary fan or a bigger radiator yeah. you can do on them. But, uh, okay. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, dude, we rolled in there. I mean, it, it's perfectly pure. When you go to Southern Cruiser Crawl, there's all these chop vehicles lifted and all that. Yeah. We rolled in there with a bone stock one. <laughs> and and this it was funny because you know, he met a couple of my friends from uh, Louisiana Land Cruisers. And uh, they, they, I mean, it was almost like all hail. Yeah, the FJ forty. I mean, these guys are like, and so Jonas, uh, when when uh, he was starting to overheat a little bit, Jonas like pulled him like all the way through the trail with his FJ, and he was like honored to do it. Yeah, you it's know, like a privilege. The, the Toyota yeah. love, you know, just like spreads and permeates amongst all the people. I out wasn't there smart enough to. That's a hard place. That Southern Cruiser. Well, we probably. I mean, well, I, I, I will say, back in the day when we first started doing this stuff, we were probably over ambitious. Yeah, if I had known it, if I had known that. That course was like it was. I'd have never taken that you know, I, I, a little I, bit much. No, yeah. I just you know a lot of times we get on these trails and I'd be like, ah, we could do it. I I just I don't know. There was something about these trucks can't be stopped. And so tree hugger one, I'm like, it'll go anywhere, anytime. Don't care, mm-hmm. you know. And so the truck it looks like it. The it truck does have the scars to prove it. But it's I still I, here. Yeah, but honest to God, two hundred thousand miles. You could drive that truck to California tomorrow and, and not. Well, how many? Be, it's been to California back how many times? A couple times, yeah. <laughs> About 12 times. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it's a great testament. I mean, it's, yeah. and, and what better way to, I don't know, just be an ambassador for the brand? Yeah. To yeah. actually put it out there and be like, this is what we drive, this is what we sell. And uh, on my days off, I like to go torture test <laughs> one of my own personal vehicles. <laughs> so the best one we had that we still have that, don't we still have 300? Oh yeah, three hundred sitting so, up back. So we we traded for this this old uh, Toyota pickup Tacoma pickup truck two thousand four. See the white one on no, a brand new silver, one, silver, silver, and it had three hundred thousand miles on it. And I more or less, I think, correct me if my memory's not correct, but I more or less tell the guys in the shop, these kids, I said. Uh, that car's too nice, even though it had 300,000 miles. It was, going, engine, it was going to the auction. Yeah. Original transmission. It was A car should have gone to the auction. I said, no, nah, that's too nice a car. So I said, why don't you guys fix it up, do whatever you want, and, and then you guys can take it out and do these Shop off-road truck, things yeah. with us. So that car's been back and forth to California. That's kind of how the story went. Okay, so <laughs> what, what actually happened was it was, it was sitting on the back the back row. It was going to the auction. It had 320,000 miles on it. It was It was dead stock. Truck looked really good, but had a ton of miles on it. And uh, I said something to Pat. I said, "What are you doing with that truck?" Oh, we're taking the auction. I said, "What do you think you're gonna get?" Oh, I don't know, a couple thousand. I'm like, "Man, that that's that's a lot of truck for that kind of money." And then the previous year, I'd gone out with Mike to FJ Summit with another technician with an FJ, and uh, a couple of the technicians were in the shop. Were like, "Man, they look like a lot of fun." So Mike said, "You know what? If you guys fix that truck up, uh, you know, we'll make an expedition out of it." And we'll go to FJ Summit again. And so at that time, it was Cole and Drew and Travis. And uh, and those guys all put in all their sweat equity into mm-hmm. it. And so we, we, we towed them out there. We camped out at KOAs. And they did Imogene Pass, Black Bear Pass. Oh, wow. They did all of the epic passes. And uh, I, I can tell you, they still talk about that stuff. A couple of those guys were great trip. There. Yeah, oh, it was, it was awesome. But truck that truck. Did, truck did fine. Yes. Well... <laughs> you could read the blog post on fortstrailteam.com, but uh, it the, 
there was a big major disaster in North Platte, but I won't even that tonight. Well, tonight's not the night to talk about that. No, the truck <laughs> broke down and they they got it fixed. Is that yes, the one? Yes, yes. And this Toyota dealer there gave them needed a special tool to fix it, and they and our techs were there. Got a local welder they got to it fix fixed it. Up yep. and nice. Drove. And you know the thing that really amazed me about that truck was we'd go to the FJ Summit. And we'd be standing around talking to people, and I'd be bragging on that truck. I'm bragging on Toyota. I said, look, that's a 300,000-mile truck. It did every every trail out here. I'm saying there's such – and people would walk away from they it. They don't want to hear it. Because they, they just spent a whole bunch of money <laughs> for their brand-new trucks, 70000 bucks, and this $2,000 truck just did everything theirs did. Just crushed And it. that wasn't my intent. My intent was to show them – you you did a good decision by buying that truck. That's how good they are. Yeah. And uh, I and then that, the light bulb went on. I said, you know, nobody. But, yeah, they don't care. They want they want the newest, the freshest. Right, then right. that then that's the deal. So, some people are like that, but that's what sells it. I, it's just like when you you know Land Rovers were doing all the uh, you know, the Camel Trophy stuff mm-hmm. with stock, basically yeah. stock vehicles. There's some people like, oh, that's interesting. Whatever. Uh, I just like the leather seats and the seat warmers. That's fine. Rover's <laughs> still doing that, by the way. I, and I, I sent a link to Regan and my uh, rep, Andrew. Uh-huh. And I said, because uh, Rover right now has a deal where they send all their dealers out. They, dealers can sign up for this, but uh, they send out teams with discoveries. Okay. And, they, and they send them out on like a two- or three-day course. That's cool. And they compete against each other. I don't know how many dealers it is, but I, I sent it to Andrew and, and uh, Regan. I said, why doesn't Toyota do this? They should. You know? They should. Well, yeah, they they're trying. They're kind of doing that with the supers and their the the race the, the uh, track deal they the do track day stuff. Yeah. But yeah. you know, and Toyota supports the uh, when they had the FJ Summit, they were good supporters of yep. that. Yep. You know, they'd send vehicles out, they'd send engineers out, they'd actually they drive the newest year's trucks out there. Well, I think it's expected if you go to a, a TLCA event or the yeah. or FJ Summit that Toyota's going to be there representing probably the new Tundra or whatever new TRD accessories yeah. are going to be there. Yeah. It's exciting. It's fun when when the manufacturer does support that stuff because it, you know, certain people that's going to be a lure into the showroom. Others, it's like they don't they could care less. They're just going to buy the same you know the newer version of what version car they have or truck right. they have. But for for folks that are enthusiasts, and it's good to see a lot of brands have kind of stepped away from that. It seems. Uh, and that seems like it ebbs and flows too. I remember, you know, famously like GM and Ford and others pulled out mm-hmm. of quote unquote racing at certain intervals. But it's nice to see, at least locally, when you go to a Cars and Coffee, you go to a, um, a, a local SECA event, something like that, you always see a Forts vehicle out there, mm-hmm. and that's nice to see. You know, Eric used to I, – I, you correct me again if you want. I felt he was <laughs> – I'll, ju- I'll jump right in. You know, he said, well, I, you know, I don't know if we're getting a return for this. I, I don't know if this is – I said, I don't care. I mean, we're having fun. I think it's good for the employees, you know. Like you say, these young guys that went out with us, they still talk about it. And this, yeah. we just hired a new tech that that he he went with us one time, enjoyed it. He went to work somewhere else, and, and I met him, and he said, oh, I'd really kind of like to go back to work for you. I said, well, go see Eric tomorrow, and he's working now. So, I mean, awesome. it's just – and we didn't – you know, we don't sit down and go, oh, let's do this, and maybe we'll hire people. We just did it because we enjoyed doing it. Yeah. And 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 I said, if good comes from it, fine. If it doesn't, who cares? I don't care. Well, you believe in the product. Yeah. There's they, a, there's a difference too between somebody who just this is the product we sell yeah. and service versus we believe in this product. We also happen to you know sponsor these events and oh we can service your you know your Corolla or whatever. Well, um, 
the SCCA, it was, I think I told the story earlier in the year, but it was, I, I told Jason Daly, I'm like, I'm not going to race today. I'm just going to help out. I'm a volunteer on the course, you know, and I'll, I'll race on Sunday. I don't need to drive both days. And, and he looked at me, he goes, people want to see those Toyotas on the course. So if you're going to be here today, you're going to race that damn car. I'm like, yeah. okay, well, if I have to, I have to. Hey, <laughs> did I tell you we earned a new, uh, a five speed, uh, 2022-86 on the allocation. No, the new one. Yeah, it looks like a baby Supra. Oh, what, nice. what colors? What colors you want it to be? I don't know. I just wondered. Blue. Oh, I like that green. Blue. I like that green, the special edition. Yeah. The Hakuna? Hakuna yeah. edition. Yeah, I liked it, too. But there, it was, You guys had one. Yeah. We did. We did. Yeah. Yeah. I, with so the I gold remember. wheels. Yeah, I liked it, too. But I, Regan had a great philosophy on that. He's What's like, that? Toyota comes out with special editions when cars aren't selling. And the Hakona was one of those that they probably but that, did. But that's I mean, I, when I went to the dealer meeting and saw that new 86, which is radically different, than, that mm-hmm. is a baby Supra. It yeah. looks like a Supra. Good. And you know what these guys have done with that? Yeah. Uh, we don't have an 86. We have an FRS. It's FRS, yeah. essentially the same thing. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. would be honest. Which would, would you rather drive the Supra or the 80s? Or this, uh, I don't know anymore. I think you know. Honest to God, I think oh. uh, I think the '86. I'm sorry, the FRS. When you know what you're doing and you're on it, is so much fun. But if you want to compete with with the top top yeah, ten guys, you need to be in the Supra. You yeah. have to be in the Supra. So. You got a feel for Eric. He's got to decide between the Supra, oh, yeah. the FRS. Tree hugger version. What are we on three now? Yeah, three. Yeah, 3. it's 0. tough. It's tough. <laughs> it's tough to be him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where's Where's tree hugger two, Eric? Oh uh, yeah, it's out back. It wasn't my fault. Well, you we know. we should get it inside. It's gonna. It's not. We it's need taped, to drag it and put it. In. It's taped over. We got <laughs> no rain getting in it. Anyway, we got there's stories there. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. mean to. <laughs> no, it's good bring stuff. Up something. <laughs> no, as a matter of fact, because I, I had the Celica, and I love the Celica death. And my daughter still says she wishes I had the Celica. But red it, mist. Got, it got to the yeah red mist, but it got to the point where okay she was driving Celica, but then when she went to school she wasn't driving it, and just like this conversation about Jason saying you need to drive one of those sports cars because they're striped and you're a sponsor, you know me driving red mist out there was fun, but sure. but now we have two race cars and then all the other managers were like oh I'm going to do that I'm going to race with you, they don't show up so then it's my <laughs> job to actually be there. Well, you know what? Uh, people are glad you do that, though, because okay. it does. It, it incentivizes it, and there's nothing better than seeing. We've talked about this on the show with Dean and other people who who race. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I'd say competitively, but also just as a hobby. There's nothing better than getting the most amount of money out of your car. You can buy a new GR Supra, and you can drive it to work five days a week. Go to the grocery store, pick the kids up from school. Great, wonderful. Or you can actually get what that car is designed to do, take mm-hmm. it out on a road course on a weekend and have a ball. And that's – to me, that's the better value. Yeah. There's no fun in driving something like that, <laughs> the speed yeah. limit on the way to and from yeah. work. Put it to its paces, enjoy it, and sharpen up your driving skills. Yeah. And that's – seeing something like that painted up in the Ford's livery, that's that's the, the Ford's, motivator. The Ford's livery. I, I like, like that. that. I like that too. Okay. That's the that's the motivator. It is cool that there's more Toyotas showing up at those events now. I mean, yeah. there was zero, zero <laughs> back in the day. When I show up at that Celica the first couple times, Pat showed up with the blue FRS. Yeah. You know, we were like the only Toyotas out there, and now you're starting to see more and more bleed out there. So it's a lot of fun. A lot, I mean, there's like four or five FRSs and BRZs and stuff. That's so, cool. Yeah, it's ticking but up. It, it, it was all done just... You're not. I mean, it's, if, it, if it's good for business, that's a it's a bonus. I it's, mean, it's, it's organic. We enjoy doing. We're, it, so. we're organic. All right. So, 
we're, we're 55 minutes into this conversation, believe it or not. And the only thing I want to talk about, there's only one thing I want to talk about. <laughs> was it. You know, and, and maybe the story will be five minutes. Hopefully not. But, okay, there's a story that I'd heard for years about how you went out to Rubicon with the whole family and then dropped a Jeep off. And you're like, screw it. It's broke. I'm out of here. So what I want to know is, I mean, I take my family across the country all the time. We do vacation, stuff like that. But I, I mean, first off, taking a trip out to California, thinking I'm going to take a vehicle and do Rubicon, I mean, that seems like super ambitious. So I, I want to hear a little bit about the thought process. How and then all, all your stories illustrate how irresponsible I am? No. <laughs> hey, is he uh, cherry first, off, first off, I know your wife, so I can't believe she would let you do anything totally irresponsible. So I have... Uh, Four children, and we all loaded up in this uh, uh, motorhome, and I had a, uh, a Jeep Wrangler, and it was the one before. Which what, which one did I have? It was well, it would have been. I mean, you had the, the like a was it a CJ? A CJ with a the CJ. round That okay. was the one everybody wanted back then. Yeah, CJ, CJ five or seven. That was how it was like twenty five years ago. So, so I said I've been reading about this Rubicon Trail, and I. And uh, where do you read about it? Well, back it's before then? the internet, okay? Yeah, Jeep, Jeep lovers, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The magazine. Well, I think I was a Jeeping. I was a Jeep dealer then. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. So there was a Jeeping magazine, wasn't there? Was yeah. it a Peterson or something? Yeah. Ma- magazine. Yeah, the, you the probably have some have old the Peterson Museum, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I I load the family in the RV and we we put a uh, tow bar on the Jeep, put it in neutral, and drag it out there, and I'm going to do the Rubicon Trail, right? And, it, and you got and like I a, think a, tru- a, a truck camper on like a, is that what you had like a like your Arctic Fox you have now is that what you no, did? No, I had a big Class A motorhome. Oh, oh no yeah. way! Okay. Oh yeah, the big four kids in the RV, <laughs> oh, my the God. Winnebago, the uh, yeah, the Uncle Winnebago, Eddie. yeah. So Cousin Eddie special. I think it was. I, I think don't they have a big annual outing out there? At, at well, yeah, Jeep probably did a Rubicon Jeep event. Jamboree, the or, Jamboree. Yeah. yeah. So was, I think I signed up for that. Well, the first thing I do is I get out there and it's. Because of the altitude and the carbureted engine, we didn't any do any. It, it wouldn't run. It wasn't running well. It wouldn't run. Oh, no. And and then I think uh, I I don't know if I took it somewhere to get it fixed. Everybody go, oh, dude, you got to change it. You know the altitude up here. I go change your jet, change your mixture, change it. Yeah, you're like whatever. <laughs> well, I just unloaded this it, off the trailer. Yeah, like I don't do tools, you know. So it's not like I'm going to get out my tools and fix it because I don't. Yeah, I don't do that. So uh, uh, I'm not. Not no, being a snob, no, 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 but it no, just no. I never did, and that's why I have car dealerships that have people that do that. You got people for that, <laughs> yeah, right? Got, got see my people, right? That sounds, you know, no, that's fine. You're elitist. We understand. <laughs> no, I, so I, so we get out there, and I don't even remember if I did or not. So now we say, okay, and my brother lived in Anchorage, still does. So let's go up and see uh, Pat. So we do the Alaska Highway. Oh my Ooh, God, beautiful! And I learned something other than just us. Finish the Jeep story first. So we get to, uh, and it was a comedy. Sh- it was a whole weird, weird experience all the way up there. So finally, I get to Whitehorse, Yukon, and the, the tow bar breaks. And I said, "The hell with it. I'll just leave it here." So I at a, a garage or gas station. I don't know where. So I get to. Uh, we finally get up to Alaska, and this my Jeep's in, and I'm not driving back. I'm, it's a California. I'm, no, I'm leaving the RV at my brother's house, and then uh, my my older boys flew back because they had to go to high school, and my wife and my daughter, my youngest son, we took a, one of them inland passage 
small ship oh, yeah. tours, which is really cool. And we ended up in Seattle, and I think we flew home from there. I don't remember. So I left this thing in the RV, and so my you brothers. Left the, you left the RV to, well, my, in Alaska. Well, so my dad and mom and a couple flew out there to see my brother, and they drove the RV back. Okay. So my brother's standing there. He goes, what about the Jeep in, in Whitehorse? I said, well, if you want it, you go get it. You can have it. And I gave it to my brother. That's so, that's a great story. So, so when you got to uh, California, just to back up a little bit, did you ever actually drive to the Rubicon Trail? I don't think I did. It wouldn't run. <laughs> the thing wouldn't run right. No, it wouldn't run. I'm, I'm going, I knew enough to know I was going off-road to think. <laughs> this is a guy that dragged his the kids in the back, and they're like, Dad, well, they get were, it started, no, get started. I don't know. I don't think I planned on taking them on. I don't know what I was that's my way I do things. That's how well I the, plan. The whole vacation was a blur, Eric. I just tried to <laughs> well, repress that memory. years ago, but I just... Didn't I, they have a TV or a movie series like this, like Family Vacation? Yeah, that's what it right, was. right. But I did learn one thing. What's that, Mike? Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I fell in love with pickup truck campers. And, oh, the little like, oh drop-in. Oh, my God. Yeah. Everybody on the, on the uh, Alcan had a pickup truck camper. I'm driving this big old motorhome, which was a... So I Catching every told my wife, I said... Yes, and yeah. oh, they get filthy because they're all gravel roads, right? So I, I told my wife, I said, we're going to get one of them pickup trucks, and when the kids are gone, we're going to go do that again. She, oh, yeah, sure you are. So I'm on my third pickup truck camper now, and I, yeah. I swear maybe this summer I'll go do it. You might do it? I'd like to, yeah. You're going to go get that Jeep that your brother no, stole? No, you can have it. So. <laughs> he did go and get it. Did he? Yeah. He reclaimed it. Oh, that's so, funny. Well, he came down here and bought... Like, didn't you have an Isuzu Trooper? Oh, no, I had or a Mitsubishi uh, Montero, uh, an old style Montero. I was Montero? like a little, yeah, no, yeah, the little original Montero, which was a, uh, yeah, no, no, no. Those were it neat. was a, it, it, you, you remember when Chrysler had an arrangement with Mitsubishi yeah. and we sold uh, the Colt, Colt and we had the. Uh, that was my second car, by the way. The, I think the little, our version of the Mon- Mitsubishi. The Dodge Raider. Is yeah, that that's what at? it was. Is that what that's, he bought? A Raider? A okay, Raider. I think I got shoved with him as a uh, the salesman. That's how I met your brother. I I did yeah, that, that, was that transaction. Oh, oh. That's a TV show, isn't it? How I yeah. Met Your Brother. <laughs> but he had that car forever. He still may have. He put a snow plow on it and plowed his drive. So it'd be a great vehicle for that. Oh, it is. Yeah, I bet he still he might still have it. So. it seems to seems to be like Alaska and the Pacific Northwest. Even though it, they get snow and rain and all that stuff, yeah. cars seem to survive better out there. I don't know what that it's all about. Salt, no salt. It mm-hmm. might be. Yeah, but when you think the rain and stuff would kill it, and, no, the salt really invades the the clear coat and the paint. That's what kills yeah, them. Yeah, so you can have as much water as you want, but once the uh, the salt gets in there, it's screwed. Yeah, I've seen some really cool stuff for sale in Alaska on eBay and stuff. I'm like, there's no way. <laughs> that there's I have no way. You just got to do it fast, Mike. I'm just gonna let you know. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> just, it's like ripping a bandaid off. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to go on air with it. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that it'll, 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 this my... is the self-indulgent Christmas show, okay. by the way. Yes, yes. We're on the dessert now. We're yeah. on the dessert. You know what? Those those people they go buy cars in Portland and then they uh, or Seattle and they have them shipped up because those Alaska maybe it's different now, but those Alaska dealers would really gouge you. So you'd be cheaper to fly to Seattle or Portland and have it shipped up on those. Those, mm. those container ships. So. I wonder if they have an impact tax like Hawaii has or something I don't like know. that. Could I had a friend of mine who did a, a, a stint up there on a fishing boat, mm-hmm. and he said that there were like 
certain seasonal price fluctuations were such a thing up there. Like yeah. here we have fruit and things where the price goes up and down depending on what's in season, what's not. And there it's like uh, all the essentials you need to get through winter, like liquor and beer. <laughs> <laughs> They're like in the fall it starts to start yeah. creeping up and by the winter you're like you don't care. You're just going to buy whatever right. just to get through it. You get a case of Crown just you know, in October and you know he's going to hold you till March. <laughs> he was talking about guys who get pallets of stuff delivered. Like pallets, like for like a factory? No, like a household. <laughs> like, just get a pallet of beer. Like, yeah, well, you got to stock up, I guess. Right. No, Alaska would be a great trip. I mean, that's that's yeah. that's bucket list stuff. But you made it up there, so you've done it. I'd like to do it again. Yeah. So we got a 20 group in, uh, Pat's got a 20 group meeting in um, Banff. <laughs> oh, that's that. Is that Canada? Yeah. yeah that sounds it's Canada, Canadian. So I've, yeah. I'm threatening to say, hey, we'll go do the Alaska there you go. thing, and then we'll stop go. and Banff on the way. You that's, should. A- that's awesome. No, Trail team it up. No, Banff's a beautiful, beautiful place. In, in, They've got a, like a big national park. Up yeah, there, yeah. So I go to my meetings, and, uh, of course, I went to San Diego, and I'm not, I'm not complaining. <laughs> nobody I, would I, nobody I, care I, if you did. Well, no, I mean, had I, had I known what gas prices were going to be across the mountains, hey, I, dude, I, I would you're going to – what are you, you're going to get to go to Dallas here next month, aren't oh, you? Oh, yeah. I get to fly into the Dallas Airport Hotel. That's one of my favorite meetings. Fantastic. We want to have it in Banff? Or I'd rather have Banff it in Banff. I'd, I'd have it in Banff all day long, <laughs> even in January, than to go to Dallas Airport Hotel. But it's it it's an annual you thing. You ought to do a – no, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't say it. He's censoring himself. Yeah. Do yeah. a segment on 20-group meetings. Yeah. And, no, we could. But uh, no, everything that's said in a 20-group is uh, locked in the 20-group. We can't right. talk. It's like Fight it. Club. Yeah, something yep. like that. We, yeah. can't, we don't speak of it. Uh, anyway, what was I going to say? Uh, anyway, <laughs> no, 20 Group's not bad. I went to San Diego, and I would have changed my mind. I didn't know what gas prices were going to be, but it, mm. but it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, the owners get the, the cool ones. Costa Rica, Dude, BAMP. No, yeah. Wait a minute, wait a minute. They're on the same level exactly, Costa Rica you know, they, and BAMP. I, when they started doing that, I quit going. Okay. Not that it's just like no, you, yeah. You, here's how you go to a meeting and and you're spending all day long in a meeting in the most beautiful place in the world. And your wife's out the pool, or she's shopping around. Right? And yeah. so, what's the point of this? We might as well be in an airport hotel somewhere. It's yeah. a business trip. Yeah, you're supposed yeah. to be doing. No, you're better business. off in a room with no windows. Yeah, I, mean, I think one time we had a meeting in Miami. And it was like windows everywhere. I'm like, the worst. this is horrible. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it's, it's like it's like you're a kid in high school again. You're just staring out across the street, <laughs> not paying attention to the chemistry lesson you're supposed to be learning. Smoke break. Smoke break. Everyone can go outside and then look outside at the uh, the beach. They all get out there on their cell phone, call back the dealership. Yeah. Chili cars. What's yeah. going on? <laughs> so anyway. All you, any of our group turned all young people, which Pat, it's good for him. It's his group now. and. He's inv- I, he's invited me to go just and I said do I have to go to the meetings? He said no, they just like to see you. You can go to the dinners and that. And I said okay, I'll go. Yeah. Not that I couldn't learn anything, but no. I but in there done that, he'd be, I don't he'd care. Be, he'd be teaching. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Sorry. That's what I have Eric and Pat for. There you go. That's right. You got people for that. So the Rubicon Trail. All right. So that was. I was really Sorry. hoping you were going to say that the front wheels of the Jeep had touched the trail, I, and, you, and you got a little gnarly, and you're like, I don't even know why I'm here, and then you'd like headed out, but you never even made it that far. No. Uh, you know what I learned What's that from like? that trip more than anything is now when I go to on these trips, I go prepared. I yeah. take Eric. Who knows how to do everything? I take we take a technician who knows how to fix stuff. Smart. And I just drive. And I said, "What do you guys want me to do? Just 
sit there. Bring a mess kit. <laughs> Bring a mess kit. Scout motto, be prepared. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, it's a good motto. Yeah. But I'm, a, you know, I just, uh, I think it's, it's a great, all we have. And the best thing Eric does is he's, in, he's in, bring so many customers that, that he's taught how to, or they've learned how to off-road like that. And, I mean, really, it's an unbelievable experience. I mean, the, the, the group, the people he's met, and the, I'll never get those guys down at that uh, Southern Cruiser call. And, well, the first time we went, I kind of threw Eric under the bus. I, <laughs> I, 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 he didn't I, show up. I, did no, I made an, didn't I make an excuse to come a day late? Oh, yeah. I'll never forget that. But yeah, I'll be there tomorrow. It was the best thing you ever did, yeah, really. So, but so I was I, so pissed. <laughs> So I, I don't remember the excuse anymore. But Eric had to go first. So by the time I got there, he knew everybody. Uh, and he, the, what okay. great people! You still, you still see. Oh them. Yeah, yeah, no Jonas, so who I talked all, about earlier. Yeah, and Kevin Brown. All so he guys. got all broke all the ice, and I just walk in and say, hey, yeah. Mike, come over here, meet these guys. Pretty from, good deal. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna tell you though, because we'd met a couple people out at uh, FJ Summit. They're like, oh, you should come to Southern Cruiser Crawl. It's the best event in the whole in the rest of the country. I'm like, all right, that sounds pretty great. Mike, let's sign up for it. So we signed up for it. And then, I mean, it's just me and him going down to the – we're going to stay at the KOA, and we're going to go to this event at this off-road park in Hot Springs, Arkansas. I don't know anybody. I'm on the road. I'm, like, down to St. Louis. Mike's like, eh, I'm not going to make it till tomorrow. I'm like, oh, you, man. You MF. <laughs> a business MF. meeting. Mike for you, Mike for you. But you know what? <laughs> that gives you an opportunity to uh, to network and uh, no. What happened? And again, you overcome read, your you, fear. You can read the story on the on Fort Trail team. I I literally picked some guys up walking down the road who flipped their truck earlier that day. Drove them, started driving them back to the main uh, clubhouse, and I ran into it a train of Louisiana Land Cruiser FJs, and I said, "Hey, you guys got a winch?" And Kevin Brown was the first guy in the, in the list or on the group, and he goes. Yeah, what's up? And I said, uh, these guys, they flipped their truck. And so eight guys from Louisiana Land Cruisers just head up there with me, and we go and we recover the truck. And then at that point, I'm like, can I hang out with you guys? I don't know anybody. <laughs> like, yeah, let, me get, <laughs> let me get this guy a beer. And, and so Kevin even, you know, he talks about it. And Jason Hodge is another guy. Like, we didn't know who you were, but you could keep up with everybody else. And you know, it was a couple of guys who were kind of whining and crying all day, but you you were like, you're, you, you're one of us. I, yeah. And so next thing you know, I'm like, Mike shows up. I'm like, we're hanging with these guys over here. Yeah. This is our crew. Yeah. 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 And then I've I've hung out with those guys about every time I get a chance. So nice. They had good food too. Oh, yeah, like every time kings. you do, every yeah. time you go on a on a on a trail ride, a camp out, whatever. I, it's fun to watch. That's but half. I, that's half the trip. The is food eating. pictures. But that's it's really also what I'm the, about. For people that have never done it, and the good thing about the uh, FJ Summits, they were really good about they'd have these organized rides. Initially, after a while, these guys, they just do their own thing. We poo-pooed it, yeah. But they'd show you, make because I would be scared to death to go without knowing what I'm doing, but they help you through it, and then once you, but get them over that hump, and then they just, man, they want to come get a new truck, get a bigger truck, get a... Yeah, get a Land Cruiser, get a whatever. So. Now, for me, half the trip is the food. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that's why I'm always posting food pictures. But my buddy Don, and and and, and Mike's been there a couple times. I mean, that was the first time we were out in, in Mojave Road. Yeah. Oh God, wind was blowing. It was spring. It, it was, was cold out. It was cold. The winds were 50 miles an hour that night. We we found this great little camp spot by a tree in the middle of nowhere. How did we find that, Eric? 
Remember, don't remember that old dude? We were. Oh, on yeah, the, that's right. We ran into the, the guy who lived out in that area, and he said, there's a spot over there. Yeah, we were on this highway. and cause that, not, not really. A, back, it was a dirt road. Yeah, dirt. Yeah. But back then, I mean, the Mojave Road's like a super highway. Now there's so many people doing it. But yeah. back then, you kind of had to get to the coasted campgrounds to get a spot. But we run into this old guy on the road, and remember he had this old pickup truck, and he's an older man, and he's wearing perfectly pressed kind of faded uh, blue jeans and a cowboy hat and a nice shirt. But it's all, and he was, well, you guys, you lost or what are you doing? And he said, no, we're just trying to find a place to camp. And, he's, and he said, go, da- go down that road there and turn left and go down there. And the, the neatest place, there was a tree, there was a fire pit, there was, everything was, was there. A, and there was a bathroom and then walking distance, yeah, a pit yeah, toilet. Yeah, about that. That's everything you need. And so, yeah. and so the wind's blowing, just howling. And uh, we're, we, we're all like men. We're like, oh, we bought a tray of ribeyes. Like, we're going to eat ribeyes on the trail today. And, uh, God, the wind's blowing beat hell. And I don't know how the hell we're going to cook these things. So we, we built, like, a wall with all of our stuff, you know, to keep the fire, like, at least going straight up in the air. Windbreak, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, we end up cooking steaks in my in my Dutch ovens. I had two Dutch ovens. I mean, this is how prepared I was back in the day. I had two Dutch ovens with me, not just one. Nice. Yeah, and uh, we cooked the steaks in the Dutch ovens with the coals. And, uh, and then I said to the guys, all right, get your mess kits. And they're like, Mess kids, and so they <laughs> yeah. literally they all if, if if they shoved a steak in them and just uh, that, like a stick and ate them off of the the pole, I, you know that that's how they read man. Those kids did. Yeah. And how many emails did you send out telling everybody what to bring? <laughs> and I had a mess kit, didn't I? You did. You did. So these kids come on to go. Whoa, whoa. Did you get the email? Yeah. We apologize. We are experiencing technical difficulties. Leave this here and never come back. Right, I'm, back I'm back up and recording right kids now. On a- no, but, I mean, I did that. So, Jake, this is the biggest mistake we make as, as adults. Uh, Jake and I did this a couple years ago. We, I took my family with both my kids, and he took Amber and his daughter. And so we're like, here's what we're going to do. We're just hardcore wheeling. And so we went out, and we're going to do Cocopelli Trail, Rose Garden Hill, it's a class four. We got the National Geographic maps. We're going to do all this shit. Serious. It changed my sorry yeah. my language, but uh, and of course he breaks down out on the trail. What broke? His upper control arm on his FJ Cruiser. Uh, okay, okay. And so we spend a whole day in recovery. We go to Grand Junction. We get a dealer to fix up the, the car. We ordered parts from Amazon because the dealer in Grand Junction came to get parts next day. You know. I'm in Chicago region. I'm used to parts like next day. Yeah. And yeah. when I go to Grand Junction, I'm like, all right, how fast can you get upper control arms? Well, they come out of Dallas. It'll be like three or four days. And we're like, that was back when Amazon Prime would deliver next day all the time. So we ordered some upper control arms from Amazon. And uh, we got it all handled. But at the time, you're like, as a, uh, as a dad and as a, a virile man, you're like, all right, we can do this. We can have a great adventure and a great time. But you don't realize with your wife and your kids, you probably bit off more than you could chew, right? They still talk about that trip, though, don't they? <laughs> Maybe. Just to their therapists. <laughs> My no, kids still talk about that. Do they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, when I heard the story, when I, like I said, I, I didn't know enough about it. I didn't know the fact you gave up before you even did the trail. But to me, that seemed like an epic trip. On paper, on paper, the paper converse, I mean, it just it just seemed like a, on paper. But this who would... does that with four kids? I mean, that was I wasn't. 
I wasn't thinking through that. I don't know what I thought I, I was. I don't know. Gonna... I mean, it, it's these are young so kids. I mean, they're... when I when I do a trip with the family, I don't really tell them a whole lot. I say I know where we're going, but nowadays it's apps. I I know where I'm getting the hotel room. <laughs> you just say get in the van. Yeah, pretty much. I don't. I don't. I, they get don't know in the car. I mean, and even when Angie and I were traveling back from California, didn't know where we were staying every night. You just you just know you're going to work it out. You know, back then though. Did you have hotel reservations in advance? Well, you had no, the camper. No, you had, the, had, you had the camper. Yeah, yeah. Okay. RV. So you just you just do. Oh, you know, but you go out to Canada in that time of year. It's like daylight till eleven at night. Yeah. Mm. And every campground in the provinces would have free firewood. So we pull in, we build a fire. The kids are running around with sticks. On it. And the next thing you look at your watch, you go, holy crap, it's eleven o'clock. Everybody should be in bed. <laughs> so they remember that, but I. I think I must have blocked that Jeep thing out of my memory. <laughs> Until now. Thanks for bringing that back. Irene on the show, yeah. <laughs> but it is, like, you have to say, though, I think parents, my, my, my dad would always like to try to pack in a, a vintage Chevrolet Club meat. Mm-hmm. They'd always have a, a Midwest or Central meat somewhere or a big national meat. He'd always try to pack that in with a family vacation, and really? it never ended well. <laughs> So we did that a couple times, and then it was like, no, we're not. Like, if, if Dad wants to go to that, he can go to that. Uh, but we're going to go to Disney, or we're going to go here. We're going to go to Devil's Lake and go sit in a canoe or whatever. We're not going to do the whole double dip both thing. But your kids are into the stuff, though, right? I mean, your daughters. Oh, I, don't, I, I don't know, because when I offered the last couple times, yeah. <laughs> they were like, eh, I've got better things. But they're working. I mean, the thing is, once they get to 17, 18 years old, they're working. They can't take a week off. You know, it. It is what it is. I, I think yeah. actually, and and your kids were pretty young back then. That's the time mm-hmm. when you have to do it because by the time they turn into teenagers, they're not trapped anymore. Yeah. You know, <laughs> or they have what are those called uh, responsibilities? Yeah, right. Now there's no. Well, but. see, but you did that, and you, you're in the used car or the old car hobby like your dad was. So yeah. it must have affected you. It yeah, it did. But the older I get, I don't do that. I mean, we don't have kids, but my wife and I, we did that once or twice, and it's like. We can't take a week off work to hang around yeah. and take fall tours. And I mean, it's fun. There's a lot of fun. But for us, it's more of a I can't take five days off to hang out and drive an old car for a week. I'll just have That'll an old come. car. Someday. Someday. But your kid, I mean, your kids, uh, are they all enthusiasts? They all appreciate vehicles of different types or <laughs> I tried to give my my I tried to give them all my Barracuda convertible and they don't none of them want it. It's just not their thing. No, it's okay. I mean, they—they're uh, nobody's into cars other than Pat, and he's only like the Supra. He could care well. Certain in, ones, he probably likes. Business, so well, it's, he has the luxury also having the warehouse here. I mean, it'd be, the other kids, you know, they don't have they, only a couple of them are close. You know, your daughter yeah. and Pat. So the other two, they're they're far away. So if they're going to take a car like that, they're going to have to house it and all that stuff. You know, it's here. It's a lot easier, obviously. They don't have any interest at all. Yeah. That's why one kid got in the car business, the other three are doing other things because they could care less. So. Sure. Car business is an interesting hobby. I mean, as, as we look at the fluctuation and we talk about EVs and all that stuff going forward, mm-hmm. uh, and then you look at the kids that you know I talk to and we hire to bring in to be technicians in the future, you know, they are a different mindset. You're not going to get somebody just to like at 25 years. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't even say that because I wasn't, a, I wasn't a car guy until I started working at the dealership in my mid twenties. So who knows? But yeah. Have you talked to Chris about his son, Jack? Well, Jack's a total car guy. Yeah. And he's looking, he's yeah. looking to go college. He wants to go to Southern to the, uh, automotive, automotive. Yeah. Good program. Yeah. And he's got, 
they got a card? Are they fixing that TC up or something? Or? Yeah, I tried to sell my TC, but he won't take it. No, no. he doesn't. <laughs> I mean, a there's, a, there's a kid that's. So I mean, there was. A, I, I read something the other day, and it was a great, great uh, statement. It was, if you don't want your kids to go into your business, then what is wrong with your business? And so, whoa, and, that's and a great headline. It's a great headline. So when and I say, you know, I'm like, I don't want my kid to do that. I don't want him to do what I'm doing. Or, uh-huh. or Duran says. I don't want my kid to be in the car business. I'm like, uh, I mean, why are we saying that? What What do we need to change? Or what do we need to do to, you know, because it's not a bad business. You know, what is it about what we're doing that we don't want our kids to do? And it gets into a whole thing about vocational. And I, I've, I and we could go down this rabbit hole, and I know this show is going to get really long, but I had a friend of mine who was like, oh, you know, vocational suffered and this and that, and blah, blah. And I'm like, the reason vocational suffered is because a lot of people from the 50s and 60s who worked blue-collar jobs always said, I don't want my kids doing that. Yeah. And if you're a mechanic, even if you're a mechanic right now and you're 50 years old and your body hurts and your knuckles are, you know, you got arthritis, you're like, I don't want my kid who's in college right now to be a mechanic. So we have to figure out a way to make sure that those, you know, these jobs still look attractive to young kids today. But there's certain skills, certain aptitudes that – I mean, what's the alternative? Sit in a cubicle and get carpal tunnel? Dude, how horrible would that be? Or, well, you that's know, work. What that's, that's what I do. <laughs> so, you know, what's the alternative? Work in a call center and yeah. talk to people no. all day? Or, you know, stand behind a counter at a retail location, yeah. which, by the way, retail is dying in so yeah. many, so many yeah. aspects. I mean, there's, there's a place for everybody. And I think everybody's job, no matter what you do, uh, it, it's important. It matters. But you have to be good at it. You have to be skilled. You have to be trained. There has to be some level of respect for education to get you to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's, I want to say, like an entry-level job, you still need to rock that job. You can't just yeah. show up and expect to get a paycheck and not really do a whole lot of work. But you don't, I don't think Jack, I mean, he generically, or not generically, what's the word? Uh, organically yeah. got in, because they're hunters, he does all, not yeah. like his no, dad no, does. No, no, I agree. His dad's he, not he, a car, car guy. Sorry, Chris. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, he, no, he does He's not. We tried to get him participate in off road stuff. He, he's he doesn't care. Just not so his he's, name. he's not getting it from his dad. He got it um, organically. Sure. My kids never ever did I ever say to any of them, other than my daughter, just to tease her. You know, say you know I get in the car business. They organically wanted to do it, yeah. or didn't want to do it. So, yeah. that's. I mean. Yeah, that makes sense. It, yeah, no, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in in the future. And, and like I said, your your family is a great kind of example of, you know, you can be around it, but doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be, want to be involved with it. What's some, I mean, we talked a little bit about the early days of online, you know, advertising and sales in, in the automotive industry. What are some of the biggest threats or, or worries to the, I always say like a conventional, the traditional dealership model um, in the future? Because that's always, when you talk about other industries I always talk about disruptors and you know all these different models and mm-hmm. you know Amazon could do this tomorrow and sell hamburgers and McDonald's will go out of business or I mean it's just crazy stuff. What's one of the biggest challenges facing the traditional automotive dealership today? Do you see? Uh, I I think that there'll always be car dealers because of our service our service department and uh, you know I, I I look at the leads all all day long every day we get leads from all over the country and. If you got the right car, and we personally don't try to sell cars out of our area, we want to keep them for our market because cars are hard to get right now. But, but it's so difficult to get people to come in and buy a car online. They, and that maybe one out of a hundred will 
take the car sight unseen, but that's a rarity. And the whole model of uh, ship it to you and they'll come pick it up and service it. That's why I think that the Ford Lightning is a is an electric truck will outsell the Rivian because there's a whole dealer a whole system of Ford dealers and the Rivian. Where do you go if your Rivian breaks down? What happens then? Do they send a guy to your house? You call or? the support line and hope a guy can show up, like you know, a chatbot. A <laughs> chatbot shows up. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's and then if, I mean, if he can do something there at your house, that's great. But if it if it needs to be hauled back somewhere, God knows where it goes. That's the whole thing. So I think I just I, we sell cars because of our service department and our and our we we we've been here a long time and I we just traded for a car the other day. Uh, 45 visits to our service department. Every one of them was here. Hmm. And that person comes back. I see it every day, every day, just, and every... Every time they're getting anything done. Every yeah. Everything, yeah. Yep, yep. Now there's An something to be said. And Camry with a one-owner title. Oh, that, that yeah. gal, yeah. That yeah. gal, you know her? I dealt with her Friday night. It was uh, 520 on Friday, and I was like, please, please let me leave. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. We used to be open till eight. No, no, I no, I handed it off to a salesman. <laughs> Wait, oh. service used to be open till eight. Oh, sales no, used to no, be no, open till yeah, eight. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, oh. trust me. It was uh, it was five twenty. I handed it off to Nate in sales, and I said, "All oh, right." God, when <laughs> I was in the business, I never even got a scheduled day off. Trust <laughs> me, trust me. I always laugh all the time because I worked eight to eight, three days a week. Mon- Monday, Wednesday, and Friday I had uh, Thursdays. I was off, but Tuesday was eight to six, and then we worked every Saturday eight to five. And uh, uh, that's anyway, a schedule. Anyway, that yeah. is a schedule. <laughs> no, it's no. Well, the, the 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 COVID, you know, now we're closing at six every night, which is fine. I mean, if nobody's business, if yeah. no business come, but we were, we used to be what eight eight o'clock every night. Yeah. No. Well, it was uh, three days a week, and then the, yeah. some of the dealers were. It was it was weird. Pure dealers were eight. But who would Tuesdays, come in? There's... Who would come like? Would anybody know. really come in at seven forty-five and be like, "Hey, I'm gonna start shopping for I a car"? I think the process is a lot more streamlined than it was back when I was a salesman. I mean, so much people know what they're getting financed for; they know what they're looking for. It's, there's there's not this whole song and dance or rigmarole of four or five hour transactions. You know, when Bernie was a salesman here, he would wear them down. Bernie El Camino. Bernie El Camino. He would spend five hours is, wearing them down. He talked. Is that a nickname or his real yeah, name? Uh, <laughs> Escamachacho is what we call it. Anyway, so Bernie would pull out like a uh, like his wallet and like flip out. 20 pictures of his kids and his grandkids and he would sit there and tell you all their names he would wear you down he'd take you back to his office this is like Glenn, Glenn, Glenn Gary Glenn Ross oh, yeah, he would yeah. do the whole sales pitch and by the time he got to the final picture you would know you know what little Sally got for Christmas this yep. year because that's what he would do and, and then you'd look at your watch and be like well, hell, it's three thirty, honey. He's got the car, you know, that kind of works, and he's a really nice guy. We're just—he wore him we'll down. Take it. He we'll, wore him we'll, down. Daryl, you touched on it. Now you don't have to come in and do that. You can go online, and I got a—I got an internet feed from uh, Mike Murphy Ford, and they had a GM truck, an, a fifteen model. So within five seconds, I was on their website to see what it was, and I was mainly curious about how much they were asking for it compared to what I just bought that Dodge for. Yeah. Just it was post-purchase distance reduction, but uh, but the <laughs> thing like, is, sound like buyer's remorse. Yeah, well, I'm not yeah. sure. I've never heard. No, of that. I'm just confirming. Sounds like a medical condition. <laughs> no, I, I was confirming that I made a good decision. Okay. Oh, okay. You I know, do that. By the you way, needed affirmation. Yeah. I do that all the time. Yeah, it's, but it's always after the fact. That's what. It's, that's why it's called post-purchase. <laughs> so, so, but I could see everything about that car. I could. I'd run the car facts. I could do everything mm-hmm. online. So now. Everybody comes in here, they're coming in because they already picked the car out, and they've already communicated to you how many times. Yeah. 
and we've sifted through all this stuff. I, I look at every lead that comes in, and I put my little comments in there. And but it all it's all good. It's good because when they come in here, if they come in here on a Friday night, they're they're here to buy. They're serious, exactly. Yeah, the, the, because nobody has to go out and kick tires anymore because you can do it all online. Yeah, so. yeah. that was my philosophy as a salesman. If they if, if it's snowing and blowing out there and somebody They're stops looking at their car, they, they need a car <laughs> real bad. Nobody's yeah. nobody's out just casually shopping when the weather's really bad. And that's bad. with the COVID too. We yeah. when people are said. When everybody's scared to death, if they're here, dude, they're here to buy a car. Yeah. Not, yeah. Well, it's 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 still one of those things that's essential. It's essential to yeah. have. It's just like if your washer breaks on the middle of a weeknight, like you're going to be at Best Buy. If you can't get Benson's or someone to fix that thing, right. I guess we're buying a washer, honey. Let's do it. Which I just had a great experience with Benson's. That could be another pre-show for another future. That, actually, so that gets back to the pre-show original conversation about the $50 tip. Okay, so here it comes. All right, so we have this conversation with some friends. Say we're going to go out to dinner and we're going to drop a fifty dollars tip because we want to just show the Christmas spirit. And if three couples do this, it's one hundred fifty dollars for this waitress, and that'll make her night, and she'll have the Christmas spirit. Well, after talking to my wife, our washing machine broke down, mm. and I didn't realize what a torturous chore this was going to be. You know, I'm like, oh, I'll just buy a new one. Well, a new one's twelve hundred bucks. I'm like, eh, ours is only ten years old. I don't really spend twelve hundred bucks. So I called Sherman's. Sherman's like, yeah, we can send somebody out there. It'll probably be two weeks. And then by the time they get the part and everything, it might be three weeks before this is all done. So just letting you know, you might want to come in and shop. That's their whole bait and switch. Did you buy it at Sherman's? Uh, I don't remember. Previously, I, they when I had called they couldn't, them, they like, couldn't find it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They looked it up, and then Benson's looked too. But anyway, so I called Benson's. That's another local place in Pekin. And uh, I called them. They're like, oh, we can get out there on Tuesday. Be seventy five dollars. Like I don't care. That's fine. Whatever. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I said, "Is that applied to the repair?" And like, yeah. Whatever. And I, they could lie to me. I don't care. I want my washing machine fixed. My wife has already told me now. We're three or four days into this. You know, the straw back up. Oh yeah, yeah. Let me tell you, laundry's piled going, up. I'm not going to a laundromat. Yeah. So the Benson <laughs> guy comes out and uh, he figures out. He's like, "Oh, it's a pump motor, and uh, I'll get back to you. I, I think I can get one here. Yeah, whatever. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm optimistic. Well. It takes two or three days for him to get back with the estimate. In the meantime, we go to the laundromat in, in Morton. <laughs> Angie and I haven't been to a laundromat since we were in college together at Western back in 1990, 1991. Memories. And, uh, yeah, right? And we don't know what we're doing. You've got to go preload a card. You've got to put some cash in there because they don't want cash. They don't want you to have cash in all these machines. They probably get ripped off. But I can tell Is that you. why they do it? I think so, <laughs> yeah. But the Morton laundromat. Is the nicest laundromat I've ever been in my life. Really? I mean, oh, you could eat off the floors. It's that I mean, nice. Oh, it's nice. And and the gal looked at us like two helpless children over there trying to figure out how to load the cards. <laughs> you know, we didn't know which machines to use. We're like, eh, you know, we literally looked like, oh, we were terrible. Two little lost sheep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so she took pity on us. Nice gal, some tattoos. So I knew, you know, she'd seen some stuff. They let her in Morton. Anyway, yeah, right. But anyway, uh, she helped us out. We loaded five machines, and she's like, you know, next time you come in, you just do one machine, does everything. But she was super kind, and she was patient. And Angela went back another day because she still had more laundry. We had so much friggin' laundry after How two weeks. How many people we- live in your house? Yeah, you just, a hospital? just three. Just <laughs> okay. three. All right. But Angela said, she goes, why don't we take that $50 and give it to that gal? And there then, you go. And at the same time, I said, you know, the guy who looked at our machine and got back to me, the price was 400 bucks to repair the washing machine. I'm like, you know what? And that guy, too. You know, so that's our Christmas present. That's, that's who we're giving the $50 tips to, yeah. those two guys. That's you know, awesome. I have got- a question. Did you all? Did you know the waitress that you 
Is she like your regular waitress? No, no. Just this some, was, this okay. was going to be a random event. Okay. It could have been fine, but I can tell you after I went to after I went to the restaurant on Friday night and had she was okay, but she was <laughs> not she was not fifty <laughs> bucks and she didn't care about my table. If she cared about the table. I'd okay. Like, if if it was Debbie it, or somebody you know all the time, yeah. That, Hey, oh, at Railhouse, something yeah, like that? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, And I and my barber, same I thing. A, yeah. I have a washer slash car story. Oh, all right. Our washer it. went out. We went to Sherman's. We got a new washer. And I, I, I was talking. I sold Jack and Sharon Sherman a car back in 19... No, wait. It was a Chrysler convertible, a LeBaron convertible. It would have been 86, maybe. Okay. And I bought it back from them when they moved to Florida. So I've done we've done business with Shermans for years. And we got this every year they send out a Christmas card. And this with the year picture of the whole family. Yes, the whole family. And Sharon Sherman died last year. Oh, she did. I didn't and know they, that. They yep. made a nice memorial to it. But it was like I sold them a car when they were in that little place, kinda of like back off of Sheridan. It was off yep. Off a house off Sheridan. Back and, when he was still working at Silco. Yep. <laughs> and they were yeah. they were the nicest people and I uh and I think Paul Sherman does a tremendous job. He does. Uh, and uh, we yeah. bought some stuff from Marsha. No, yeah, Marsha. No. Yeah. Is that the daughter? It's, uh, the sister, I yeah. believe. Yeah. 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 I think. Yeah. No, they they run a good operation there. And I'll tell you what, anyone who works in any kind of uh <laughs> any capacity where they fix stuff in your home. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's going to people's houses oh, nowadays. Oh, God, imagine what they see. Oh, my goodness. I see people's cars. I can't imagine their homes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, who gets stuff fixed now? We didn't even check. I mean, my wife, we had a bunch of rugs. I think my one of my kids' dogs came over and peed on the rug, so she threw them in the – and she got them off. It, it ruined it. And I got one of those old high high water volume ones. Oh, yeah, the big high fish. Yeah, sucker. Which, sucker. I said, get yeah. another yeah. one of them. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but it's, <laughs> she said, I'm not even going to get ready to get another one. So right. I, yeah. I didn't even ask how much it was. Yeah, I, I was ready she, to get a new washing machine. My wife said no. You know, And we paid almost half what a new one would be. But you know what? She's happy. and uh, Yeah, if it works, yeah. it works. Yeah. Get you another couple of years. Yeah. All right. We now we're twenty minutes on this next segment, so this this show is done. It was self indulgent. Now it's become uh, even more indulgent. It's the washing machine show, and I would actually <laughs> listen to that podcast. We're probably the only washing machine podcast on iTunes, I, right? I, agree. I made mine a washing machine slash car story, though. Yeah, but it's it's all mechanical. I mean, we yeah. appreciate all good hand built mechanical. You bring products. a dealer <laughs> principal on, uh, you know, a guy who's owned a car dealership for e- uh, yeah, just a few years, Mike. Yeah. Uh, you know, we could talk about a million different things. We're talking about washing machines, <laughs> K cars. We talked about the Shermans. Yeah, those people are. I mean, think how all the years they've been in business, they've survived all the big box stores. Yep. Their website scrubs the internet hourly. Yep. And checks the <laughs> do some price comparison. God bless Paul Sherman. You know what? It says something when a local place like that, family-owned business, appliance appliances, electronics. Mm-hmm can outlive Circuit City. That's trust. Yeah. That comes down to trust because I only call Sherman's or Benson's because I don't trust whoever the, the kid is who's been hired this last week. Kevin at Best Buy. Yeah. yeah. I fix things. Yeah. Well, no yeah. offense, what'd you Kevin. What did you do before that, Kevin? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I was, you, you know, know that the sales <laughs> team. vending machines. The yeah. sales team for the, the TV stations used to go to Florida to call on Jack and Sharon. Their, their budget was so big. And oh, yeah. probably still oh, is. Yeah. It's just, but they promoted... So it's all it's. I get. You can't watch a YouTube video now without Paul coming on, going. 
We, oh, yeah. we oh, or, or the listen hourly. Yeah, yeah, or listen to uh, Spotify, Spotify or yeah. Rhapsody or whatever you whatever your flavor is. And they were on that platform years, first, yeah. first years first, yeah. ago. I, they were on Pandora. I totally agree. They were on Pandora before anybody was. Yep. So. No, yeah. that's that's. But it's at the at the core of that right. is a group of people that just bust their hump, and that's yeah. You yeah. know, you got to respect that. But that's how would you like to? I wouldn't. Hate, I'd hate to have to look at. Big buy or Best Buy and all the Costco come to the market and all this other stuff and you got to compete against them. That's they yeah, do brutal. a great job. All right, all right. We need to kill this show. Jeepers crow. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah. And and uh, what's uh, let's go around the table real quick before right. we sign off. Right. What's your wish for Christmas, Mike Ford? Would you have a, you have a, a wish this year for the world or for Santa Claus? Jeez, <laughs> uh, nothing. I'm glad you threw it at him first. Yeah. I did. That was that was wrong. I I I just I don't, it sounds too commercial if I say wish we'd get more cars, but uh, no, it's not. I think a lot of people have that wish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We got we got the Corolla Cross in today. Our uh, our stripped down Betty Corolla Cross, but that was okay because I heard we, we got a new Tundra. You got too. a new Tundra. I walked right past. We got a new Tundra, but yeah. the, we got a new Corolla Cross in last week. It was like loaded with everything for like thirty three thousand. We got a stripped down one day, all wheel drive Corolla Cross for twenty five thousand MSRP, and I'm like. That's a hell of a car for Toyota to have an all-wheel drive little hatchback car. Oh, yeah, that's a good great, price. great car. So I was thrilled with that. I, we get more stuff like that. That's going to be awesome. It's. I'm trying, trying to get everything we can. I, I look I, at him like he can do something about it. Make some yeah. calls, shake some no, trees. I, our guys are doing a good job. We're, we're getting the inventory in. We're pre-selling it. I cannot believe. Uh, oh, Daryl goes back to when I first got in a Toyota dealer. We sold off the sheet, the inbound sheet. <laughs> now we're selling off the computer. I, I bet you we've got probably seventy-five percent of the cars we got coming in are already sold. Wow! And the uh, um, the best color, you know what the best color is today? The number one selling color? White. No, available. <laughs> <laughs> That's an old Toyota joke. Yeah. I want this color. Well, we got the best color there is. Available. available. I know you want a black when this one's white. Yeah. It's available. Yeah. Okay, I'll take but it. But I really want green. Oh, well. Yeah. well yeah. The best color is available. Although I did switch two cars. I switched a car for uh, two old, two good customers today. I, I got the cars. They weren't the colors they want, but the computer switched them, so we're all good. Yeah, cool. So Not bad. I won't, yeah, Not so bad. Anyway. I, and I'm... Yeah. Inventory for the world. That's Mike's wish. That's yeah. that's we appreciate that. <laughs> Toya, Toyota inventory. Yeah, doing good work. He's what like about? he's like Jeff Bezos, <laughs> <laughs> except not at all. What's your wish for the world, Eric, on this Christmas Eve? Eve. Uh, I don't know, Daryl. I I hadn't really thought about. It. Yeah, I'll be another Iberico ham on sale oh, at Costco. Yeah, that's you know we need to do that. Daryl and I had a great party last year, and we kind of I don't know what we talked about it on the show, but uh, we did. We need uh, more camaraderie. I think uh, you know to spend more time. Together together and do stuff i think uh if covid has taught me anything it's uh you know spending time with friend friends and family it's very important so i hope in 2022 that uh, we do that yep mine too that's my wish for the world and for everybody take time take time for yourself i know it sounds like a cliche Mm -hmm. i know it sounds like oh make time for what's important seriously if you don't you're gonna die with (laughs) a lot of regret a lot of and that's the biggest regret. We talk to anybody who gets up there in years or their health is challenged and we've we've seen some family and friends over the years have that. One of the biggest regrets is I didn't have enough time or I didn't make enough spend enough time with X, mm-hmm. my kids, my family, my wife, my whatever. Make time, do it. Nobody else is going to do it for you, so just take that time off, use that vacation you uh, got. Do do something cool even if it is 
drive all the way up to Alaska with a broken tow bar and then just say, to hell with this. I'm leaving it here. My brother can have my Jeep. You can take I wish it. my brother would leave me a Jeep. That's a, my brother's always on the show, though. We'll be all right. All Mike, right. it was a pleasure. Thanks for making time. No, thanks appreciate for having it. me. I appreciate I, it. I think now we're going to have to have, I think, I mean, he definitely needs like three episodes like Gabe at this point. Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, all right. Well, is it still Oh, we're still recording. Yeah, you Okay, bur- well, you got to steer me the direction you want me to go or I'll go off on some tangent. Oh, that's somewhere. fine. If you're going to say you're going to be on the next three shows, all right, you're on. All right. Can you, <laughs> oh, you don't do Zoom ones. you got to be in person. No, you? we're talking about in 2022, Yeah, uh, because I have 5G at my house, we might be able to do a uh, this thing called Riverside, which does a, a full blown decent recording and a video podcast. It may happen, Mike. So it's well, just... I love you like a son, but I'm going to Florida. So. <laughs> okay, so for five shows, next five shows, all right, all right, we'll make it happen. Yeah, so, yeah you're gonna have to be zoom careful. Me. Once I get Ted Monk here on the show, I'll never call your ass again. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! I told you not to make. <laughs> That's a real side splitter. He's grabbing his yeah. side. All right. Oh. All right, everybody. Merry Christmas. My... <laughs> no, just... <laughs> Merry Christmas. Uh, this is Eric. <laughs> I'm Daryl. Merry Christmas. Mike Ford, thank you. Happy New Year. And thanks for your sponsorship, Mike. You're welcome. And thank you. Send me the invoice.